the South Dakota State football team getting ready to kick off its 2023 campaign in the Dairy Drive against Western Oregon. Alongside Al Bahi, Brent Bowen, and Scotty Quaz, I'm Tyler Merriam. The pride of the Dakota's marching band under the direction of Dr. Kevin Kessler has assembled in the center of the soy-based field turf. And four of those who serve us so proudly, members of our military, are presenting the colors at the 50-yard line on the near side. And you are about to hear one of the coolest things you ever will experience if you've never felt it in person, you need to. The pride of the Dakota's marching band, honoring our nation with the playing of the national anthem. Such a cool experience to be here at Dana J. Dykow Stadium on a college football game day. Well, since 1997, there was a constant on the west sideline of these grounds. First Coughlin Alumni Stadium and now Dana J. Dykow Stadium. It saw lots of changes, but for 26 years, John Stigelmeyer was walking the edge of this field, arms often crossed, hugging a clipboard to his chest and overseeing all of the proceedings. Stig is with us today. But uh, for the first time since November of 1996, he is not the head man. He coached and then mentored one of his own, Jimmy Rogers, the pride of Chandler, Arizona. And he's only 36 years old. He's one of the youngest head coaches in all of college football. And while he was a Stigelmeyer disciple, there is a distinct difference in the presence between these two men. First off, if you come to practice, the music you hear is vastly different. But Stig would disarm you with a big grin and ask you about your grandfather, whom his third cousin likely knew from farming in Northeast South Dakota. And of course, Stig never played college football. Rogers, meanwhile, a four-year starter at linebacker here at South Dakota State. Undersized, he had to make the most of everything he does. A strength and conditioning All-American who excelled in the classroom. And remember, he made the choice to come to SDSU when the Jackrabbits didn't have a full facility like they do now. There was simply a trailer behind the east side grandstands, and that is what the Jackrabbits used to prepare themselves. Rogers even requested a throwback to his playing days, one that was granted, and you're about to hear it right now. The beat of Metallica's Enter Sandman blaring over the loudspeakers. The song he and his teammates used for their introduction during his playing days. In fact, there's a new wrinkle to the proceedings. 
the team is walking through Dana J. Dykow Stadium's Student Athlete Center to the north, being watched on the video board. And they are now gathering in the northwest corner of the stadium. It's a new look. It's a new feel for a new era of Jackrabbit football. Jimmy Rogers, wearing a white T-shirt and black cap, is holding his team back. They are anxious. They are eager to make their appearance for the first time at Dana J. Dykow Stadium as the defending FCS National Champions. The Spirit Squad is on the field. The band is swaying back and forth with their instruments in hand. The Jacks in white helmets, blue tops, and white pants are ready to go. And indeed, for the first time as the defending FCS National Champions, here come the Jackrabbits. we mix the past with the future. We honor retired head coach John Stigelmeyer and the 2022 FCS National Champions. And we celebrate the new head coach, Jimmy Rogers, and his veteran group that was chosen number one in every preseason poll. The most anticipated season in South Dakota State football history is about to begin. Welcome to the Dairy Drive as the Jackrabbits play host to the Wolves of Western Oregon. Let's pause 10 seconds to allow stations to identify themselves. This is South Dakota State football. This is WNAX Yankton. Check out the impressive capability of the Ford F-150 at buyfordnow.com. In a moment, we are about to have some special opening ceremonies. Tom Manzer, the 44-year public address announcer here at South Dakota State football is about to make the announcement. President Barry Dunn, his wife Jane, Dana Dykehouse, whose name is on both the facility to the north of this stadium and the facility itself. Director of Athletics Justin Sell and members of the Stigelmeyer family, including head coach John Stigelmeyer, the emeritus of head coaches, and whom he always referred to as the head coach of the family, his wife, Lori. And they are now walking to the 20 yard line on the north side. And we await the announcement from Tom Manzer to fill you in on what we're here for. Please direct your attention to the video board for a very special announcement. The announcement to come from Dana Dykhouse himself. Dana J. Dykhouse Stadium. We couldn't be more excited to get this season started. After climbing that mountain to the national championship last year, we think this year will be even better. It's gonna be a fantastic season. But tonight, we have a special announcement honoring an iconic head coach, John Stigelmeyer. His football players graduated, they were great students, we know they were great athletes, and they had the character that was second to none, all inspired by Coach Stig. Tonight, we're proud to unveil something that will forever commemorate his commitment to the student athletes here at SDSU. To honor Coach Stig and his family for everything they have done. For South Dakota State University in Jackrabbit football, we are proud to announce the building to the north shall now be known as the Stigelmeyer Family Student Athlete Center. 
Coach Stig with his arm around his wife. They leaned in and touched heads. This was a surprise to them. Stig's brother, Jerry, knew. But John is now turned around and is acknowledging with a uh, hand in the air. He is hugging Dana J. Dykhouse. He's hugging Justin Sell. A very emotional moment here at the 20-yard line on the north side of Dana J. Dykow Stadium. Lori Stigelmeyer wiping tears out of her eyes, hugging the first lady of South Dakota State, Jane Dunn. Scotty, the emotions are so thick you can cut it with a knife here at the stadium. Well, and that's, you know, that's Stig. Coach Stig invested so much time, and we know the student athletes, but what he's done beyond you know, the campus and what he's done in the community and with his family as well. It, it is how, you, when, when he's brought in two and three grandkids <laughs> to his post-game press conferences, it, it's clear that it's been more than football to Coach Stegan remains, as you talked about it early on in our pregame. The amount of speaking engagement, he's busier now than when he was the head coach traveling all over the country. And so by winning a national championship, certainly, but because of the nature of who he is and the amount of work that he's done in, in all facets of his life will be remembered for an awful long time. Stig is also doing the ceremonial coin toss. He was drugged to the north end zone, had to run away and literally jogged half the length of the field so he could be out of the 50-yard line and be a part of the ceremonies here with our referee, Aaron Adams, who is overseeing everything. So Aaron Adams, the white hat, will hand the coin to John Stigelmeyer after he receives word of what Western Oregon will call. And then Stig will flip the coin and as nervous as he may or may not have been during his 26 seasons as head coach, the butterflies have to be just tremendous as he gives two thumbs up to everybody here at the stadium. And Aaron Adams is about to talk to us, our referee, to conduct the opening coin toss here of the 2023 Dairy Drive. Gentlemen, welcome to tonight's contest for the 2023 season. We're excited to be a part of this and wish you luck the rest of the year. Western Oregon, you are the visiting team. It'll be your call. The logo is heads, the teams is tails. Logo is heads, teams is tails. What is your call? Tails. Tails is the call. Coach Stig, please do the honor. It is tails. Western Oregon, you have won the toss. What would you like to do? Defer. Sounds good. Western Oregon has won the toss. I'd like to defer their choice to second half. You want to receive? Which way would you like to kick? I'm going to kick that way, spin around. One more time for John Stigler. South Dakota State will receive to begin the game. Gentlemen, good luck, have fun. One more big round of applause for the head coach emeritus of South Dakota State, John Stigelmeyer. He may be the winningest head coach in program history, but he's 0-1 on coin tosses. Whether a kickoff is presented by DeKalb, wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb brand corn. A little windy down on the sideline, Scotty. We've had a pretty stiff wind today of 20-30, gusts to 35 miles an hour out of the south. We peaked at 85. We've not had a cloud in the sky most of the day. A little smoky haze from our good friends in Canada. But right now, we're temp at about 74. Beautiful fall Thursday evening for football. And Al, it's a little different when you kick on a Thursday, especially for the opening game of the season. But we can already feel the energy in this building with all the pregame ceremonies, all the excitement. It's finally here. It's time to kick off Jackrabbit football. Yeah, exactly. It's all led up to this moment. And we've got a great representation from the student section tonight. The south end zone, basically both sides of the band section are full of students to the corners. The pride is filing in. The west side 
great number of Jackrabbit fans here. And as you said, the buildup has been just exceptional here tonight to set the stage for the season opener. Western Oregon, the Division II program, all white uniforms with red W's on each side of the white helmet. Red numbers outlined in black on the white tops over white pants. South Dakota State white helmets with the blue Jackrabbit head logo. Blue tops, white numbers and letters outlined in yellow and white pants. It'll be Danny Cosette to kick things off for Western Oregon. Amar Johnson is back deep along with Graham Goring. The kick will come from right to left. The most anticipated season in the history of South Dakota State football is underway. An end over end, short kick to the far side. Amar Johnson at the 8, 10, left seam 15, 20, and he's tripped up just across the 25 at the 27-yard line by the backup defensive back Andrew Simpson after an 18-yard game. How good was Mark Gronowski last year in the postseason? 62% completions, 15 touchdowns to zero interceptions. He also ran for 423 yards and five scores. One of the six co-captains, four of whom are starters on the offense. The two left side offensive linemen, Greenfield and McCormick, and Isaiah Davis are also captains. Davis will be used as a wide receiver on the opening snap, slot right. Wide left is Graham Goring, wide right Jackson Yonke, and Amar Johnson, a back to Gronowski's right. We were told to expect plenty of this today and beyond, both Johnson and Davis on the field simultaneously. A swing pass right side to Davis. Yonke the lead block, 30, 35, and Davis is out of bounds along the near sideline at the 37-yard line of his own. A nine-yard completion to Davis, who caught 21 passes a year ago. So Tyler, fans are thinking this is going to be the same Jackrabbit offense we saw last year. They just proved that they've got some wrinkles to show you this year, putting Davis in the slot and the swing pass out to the flat. This an offense that averaged 34 points and 384 yards a game. Now Davis to the left of Gronowski. Johnson is slot left. He'll motion now behind Gronowski on second and short from his own 37. Snap back, handoff Johnson, who runs off the right side behind Davis and trickles his way past the 37 to the 38. Just enough for a first Dakota National Bank first down. Evan Berenson on the pole that time, coming out to lead block on the right side, actually got hands up, and uh, Leufa was saying, he pulled my helmet off, that's a face mask penalty. He did lose his hat, so he's out for a play. First Dakota National Bank serves the people of South Dakota with dependable banking solutions for 150 years. First Dakota, it's where the locos go. One minute in to the season opener, South Dakota State, Two plays at a first down, first and 10 from their own 38. Three wides, two left, one right. They're all wideouts this time. Hines tight right, and Davis the running back. Gronowski claps his hands, a three-step drop. He'll throw it left side, catch May Jackson, Yankee. Turns up field, and he's brought down to the 43-yard line. Andrew Simpson, the corner on the stop. That's a five-yard pickup for Mark Gronowski on first down. And that's one thing Zach Lujan, the offensive coordinator, discovered early last year, and he's really stuck with it. You don't need to throw the ball 50 yards vertically. Just get the ball in your receiver's hands in space. That and combined with the Wolves playing a soft man on the outside, they're not going to give up a big play early in this ball game. So it was a long throw from Gronowski over to the far side of the field. Jacks have two tight ends, Morgan and Hines. They both shift from left to right. Davis behind Gronowski in a pistol. Second and five from the Jacks, 43. Give to Davis up the middle, 45 to midfield, spinning through a tackle into Western Oregon territory at the 47-yard line, 10 yards 
yards and a first Dakota first down for Isaiah Davis, who is now the number eight all-time rusher in South Dakota State football history. He came in 20 yards behind Corey Conant. First and 10, Jacks go Temple. Here's Davis again up the middle to the 44-yard line. So Davis for a couple. No that's, score, 12-35 opening quarter. We're just going to say that's another wrinkle, Zach. Lujan told us that we would see this year. They're going to mix in some more tempo, up-tempo offense. Went no huddle on that particular play because we feel we've got the playmakers, and as long as we've got them on the field, we're going to put the pressure on the opposing defense as much as we can. Jackrabbits from left to right they go. The entire field is in shade as the sun's setting on a warm and windy Thursday night in Brookings. Two wides right. Hines, the tight end, realigns third receiver to the right. Screen right side, Graham Goring makes the catch. What a block by Hines as Goring turns up the right sideline inside the 40, and he's thrown down at the 31-yard line after a 13-yard gain and a first Dakota first down. But Hines laid a pancake to set it up. He absolutely did. That bubble screen out to the right-hand side, and he just bowled up on his man and took him completely out of the play. And Goring had Jackson Yonke also blocking downfield, which allowed him to move his feet and move the chains. Goring was all Iowa in 2020, didn't play for the Jacks the last two seasons, making an impact on the opening drive here. From the 31, first and 10, snap back Ranowski, play fake, wanting it all, down the center of the field, wide open man! Griffin Wildey makes the catch in the end zone! Hunter Dustman for the extra point. Again, a new snapper in Caden Olivia and a new holder in John Bell. But Dustman, who a year ago was 59 of 59, will try to go one for one to open the year. Placement is down, kick is up, and it is good. That Jackrabbit touchdown, a 31-yarder from Mark Gronowski to Griffin Wilde. Powered by Prostralo Auto Mall in Madison. Score your next vehicle at ProstraloAutomall.com. The Northland Ford dealers drive summary, seven plays, 72 yards in three minutes and 38 seconds. Go further with the fuel-efficient full lineup of Ford cars, trucks, and SUVs. See for yourself at BuyFordNow.com or your local Northland Ford dealer. The Jackrabbits did not have a third down on that scoring drive. And with 11-18 to go in the opening quarter, it's South Dakota State 7, Western Oregon nothing. And this is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. Welcome back. 11-18 to go in the opening quarter from Dana Jade Eichau Stadium. It's South Dakota State 7, Western Oregon nothing. Griffin Weldy, his first career catch, his first career touchdown, 31 yards from Mark Ronowski to cap off a seven-play, 72-yard drive. At Hogemeyer, local means something greater. Race local, race right here in Jack Rubin Nation. Learn more at therightseed.com. And Sanford Health, the exclusive sports medicine provider for the Jackrabbits. 7-0 SDSU and our kickoff presented by Poet. Is it about time we got back in rhythm with nature? Poet is a proud leader in the sustainable bioproducts industry. Hunter Dustman to kick things off. 
pair of returners, including Dominique Loggins, the standout running back for Western Oregon. Dustman end over end from left to right. This kick hangs up a little bit. Loggins 15-20 up the middle, 25, and he ran in to the waiting arms of a Jackrabbit special teamer. That was Graham Spaulding, the linebacker, at the 26. That is a 12-yard return. That stiff south wind, like you mentioned, Tyler, just held it up at about the 20 and almost even started to drift it back a little bit. So uh, good uh, good boot, but boy, the wind was powerful. Arn Ferguson, the second winningest coach in Western Oregon history, won his 100th career game last year in 1991 Western Oregon grad. And he sends Gannon Winker, second year starting quarterback, fourth year junior out of Bainbridge Island, Washington. It's a 35 minute ferry ride from Seattle. And Winker, a tall drink of water at 6'5", has three wides, two left, one right, and a pair of backs. Now they shift tight end right, and Loggins the back behind Winker on first and 10. It's Loggins straight up the middle, and he'll reach the 29-yard line, picked up maybe three. Jason Freeman, who was honorable mention All-Valley as an outside linebacker, and the starting middle linebacker, Savion Williamson, in place of Adam Bach, tag team on the tackle after a three-yard game. Western Oregon showing no fear coming up. They know how vaunted this defense is and how good this defense was last year against the run. And their first snap, what do they do? They go right into the heart of that defensive line and put the pressure on the Jacks front four. 7-0 Jacks, 10-40, opening quarter of the Dairy Drive. Second down and seven, Western Oregon at its own 29. Winker out of the gun, one step drop, slings it left side, a one-handed catch by Loggins on a ball that was behind him. He tried to tightrope the near sideline. Freeman had shoved him out of bounds, but Loggins continued to run, and then Savion Williamson drilled him three steps after he was out of bounds. Now, Williamson clearly hit him well after he was out, but Loggins had continued to run, which complicated matters. Personal foul, unnecessary roughness. Defense number six, it's a 15-yard penalty from the end of the run, an automatic first down. It was just one of those plays where, I mean, first game of the season, right? Your first time to get a hit on somebody out there, and he was just a little over-aggressive. Yes, the, the ball carrier did continue to make progress down the field, but at the same time, you have to know where you're at on the field. He's clearly two steps out of, ooh. I'm looking at the replay now, and it's not as clear as what I thought initially. He was trying to tightrope the sideline. So from their own 47, the Wolves a first and 10. Receiver motioning right to left is London Smalley. Winker back to throw over the middle, pass deflected into the air, and it's intercepted. It was Gales who tipped it. It's picked off by Colby Herter, who returns it down the center of the field, all the way to the house. A pick six. Touchdown, Jackrabbits. the two biggest interceptions of a year ago. The one in the end zone up in Fargo against North Dakota State and the one that turned Missouri State back in the third quarter in that contest. He comes up with that one, his first collegiate score for the Katy, Texas native. That's in the Houston area. The Dustman extra point is up, and it is good. That Time Jackrabbit out. touchdown powered by Prostralo Auto Mall in Madison. Score your next vehicle at ProstraloAutoMall.com. It is a 53-yard pick six 
by Colby Herter off the deflection by Dyshawn Gales. And New Seed wants you to take advantage of this golden opportunity in the fields on your farm. Score big with canola and sunflower hybrids from New Seed. 9.58 to play in the opening quarter. It is South Dakota State 14 and Western Oregon nothing. And we're just getting started. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. 9.58 to go here in quarter number one at South Dakota State 14. Western Oregon at nothing. Colby Herter, a 54-yard pick six to extend the lead. Jackrabbit Athletics would like to thank Bell Brands, tonight's associate game sponsor of the Dairy Drive. Bell Brands for all for good. You can listen to our broadcast on the Varsity Network app, available for both Apple and Android users, live or on demand. You can catch the Jackrabbits anytime on the Varsity Network app at Work Slick. Hunter Dustman to kick things off. It's presented by Poet. Isn't it about time we got back in rhythm with nature? Poet, a proud leader in the sustainable bioproducts injury, or industry, I should say. This end over end kick again hung up by the wind. It'll be caught at the three yard line, returned across the 10, only to the 15 yard line because of Caleb Francel's coverage. Phenomenal job there to hold it to a 12 yard return by Kevon Eady. Francel got knocked down, but was able to kind of get himself upright enough, like even on all fours, and he, uh, the returner basically ran right to it. And let's not forget, Francel had an interception in the second quarter of the opener at Iowa, tore his ACL out and missed the entire rest of last season. Yeah, great to see him back there, saying he's at 100%, obviously starting the game tonight is proof of that. But yeah, he was making an impact in that Iowa game with that interception. It was. Tough to see him go down last year, but he is back and ready to make up for it. First and 10, Western Oregon from its own 15. Running left is the running back, Dominique Loggins, and he got swallowed up. There were literally eight blue jerseys in the area and nothing doing there on the handoff. It'll be second down and 10. Great team pursuit by that yellow and blue defense that, again, last season had the third best total defense and best rushing defense in the lane. Anybody see that flash, number one, go flying up there? Tucker Large shot the gap and forced that running back to put the brakes on. That was some DB speed from the safety. Jesse Bobbitt, the new defensive coordinator, says Large has added muscle and he's turned into one of the fastest guys on the team. He showed it there. Second and 10, Western Oregon from its own 15. I'm in a four-man rush. Quick toss left side. Reception made by Jalen Fight, the redshirt freshman from Vancouver, Washington. About a five-yard gain. Herter, Gales, and Freeman were all there. It'll set up third and five. Nine minutes to go opening quarter. South Dakota State, the number one team in the FCS. The defending national champs riding a 14-game win streak, and they have a 14-0 lead. Western Oregon in the huddle. Blake Peterson seeing his first reps as a Jackrabbit, the senior defensive end out of Beersford, played 28 games the last three years at Iowa State. He's one DN, Caden Johnson is the other. Jared DePriest, Max Balloon the tackles. It's third and a long five. Winker will hand it off up the middle. Bacher first down and more across the 30 to the 33-yard line goes Austin Bacher. The transfer from Colorado State Pueblo, a senior out of Murrieta, California, a 13-yard gain straight up the middle, and Western Oregon has its first first down of the night. Uh, he showed his value as a transfer coming in from CSU Pueblo on that play. He showed a burst of speed up the middle, maybe caught the jack defense, maybe looking for a pass as they had their Front line split out wider. I think looking to contain a quarterback and that quick hit up the middle caught him a little bit off guard. 
So Western Oregon from its own 34-yard line. Two receivers left, two more to the right. Four down linemen for the Jacks. Winker, a letter-high shotgun snap, play fake. Pressured by Johnson. Throws left side incomplete. Jumping Kevon Eady. Ball went through his hands and then fell to the turf over Dyshawn Gales' head. Gales has his hands on his hips, shaking his head as if he should have picked it off, but he had no opportunity there on the high throw by Winker that Eady couldn't corral. Dyshawn just needs to be about six foot four and maybe out of chance. <laughs> Jackrabbits defensively right now have Tucker Large and Colby Herter at safeties. Dallas Beanham, Dyshawn Gales, the corners, and Isaiah Stallbird, Jason Freeman, the outside backers. The middle backer is Williamson. We gave you the front four earlier. It switched again. Hicks is out there, along with Tervier at the ends, and the tackles, Van Morrow and Williams. Fake of the handoff. Winker will keep off the left edge, and he is buried in the soy-based field turf by Jason Freeman at the 35-yard line. Winker for a one-yard gain. It is now third down and nine, and what did Jesse Bobbitt tell us about his linebacker Jason Freeman. He is as instinctive as any player on this team. Yeah, he said that was such a, a joy and an unexpected pleasure to see how he blossomed in that linebacker position when he came into his action last year. Really didn't know for sure at the start of the season how much or if he was going to play, but he made the most of every snap he was on the field and earned his way into the starting lineup. Gannon Winker has had two of his four passes deflected tonight. On third and nine, he has three wides right, one left, a one-step slant over the middle, juggled and dropped. Intended for London Smalley, Isaiah Stallbird, who technically is a linebacker but started his collegiate career as a defensive back at Nebraska, can cover a wide receiver. He was right there. Smalley heard the footsteps and could not hang on. And now we have a punting situation for the Western Oregon Wolves. Jackrabbits. Sending Tucker Large back to return. It'll fool you because he's wearing number one. Jaden Yonke has number one as well, but this is Large to return. And it is the punter, Charlie Shulkin, who takes the snap, three steps, and a right-footed boot. High, spiraling with the wind, pushing Large back to the 22. He'll start right, cut left, 25. Angling left, 30. Breaks a tackle, 35. Cuts back right, 40. Juking his way across the 45, out to his own 48-yard line before Malcolm Lee Fu brought him down. It is a 33-yard punt and a 26-yard return. 6.40 to play in the opening quarter of the Dairy Drive. South Dakota State 14 and Western Oregon nothing. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. Welcome back to Dana J. Dykow Stadium. 6.40 left to go in quarter number one. It's South Dakota State 14 and Western Oregon nothing. The Jacks with a Gronowski to Willie connection and then a Colby Herter pick six for their scores. All season long, our broadcast team exudes style with authentic brand attire. It's the brand we trust for premium game day looks and everyday styles. Be sure to ask your supplier or local retailer for authentic brand by name and showcase your Jackrabbit pride. Hey, wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. South Dakota State, 72 yards of offense. Western Oregon, only 27. And how about Mark Gronowski so far tonight? Four out of four for 58 yards, hitting four different receivers, including Griffin Wildey for the touchdown and Graham Goring for his first catch. 
Now Gronowski under center from his own 48, first and 10. Give to Omar Johnson up the middle, 50, 45. Bouncing off a tackler and a first down inside the 40 to the 38-yard line of the Wolves. Omar Johnson for 14, the junior out of the Northwestern St. Louis area. Let it not be said, he cannot be physical, Albach. No kidding. That's one of the explosive plays that offensive coordinator Zach Lujan looks for. One per series is their goal, and he hit that hole really hard as soon as he took that handoff from Gronowski. 6-10 opening quarter, top-ranked South Dakota State, the defending national champions, leading Western Oregon, the Division II team from Monmouth, Oregon. 14-0 with the ball from left to right, the Jacks go at the 38 of the Wolves, first and 10. Gronowski a one-step, pump fake to the right, looking back left, throws that way, Mike Morgan makes the catch, breaks a tackle and dives inside the 30. He'll reach the 29-yard line, that's nine yards for Morgan, the civil engineering major. 60-year senior out of New Lenox, Illinois in the southwestern Chicago area who had that 44-yard touchdown catch in the national championship game. Jack's going with a two tight end set on that play. They're doing the same thing here as you've got Morgan on the left side and Zach Hines over on the right. And no Jaden Yaki tonight, no Marcus Preston either. Two of the top three wideouts on the depth chart. Amar Johnson behind Gronowski. You heard him clap his hands. Now he changes the play. Gus Miller, the center, pointing out the defense with his left hand while he keeps his right hand on the pick skin. Now snap to Gronowski. Hand to Johnson running right. He'll get swallowed up in the backfield by Gio Antonini, the junior defensive end out of Cal California, and in the middle of it all, a flag came down as well. Western Oregon kind of overloaded guest on the right direction, I think, and Jacks Holding ran right into it. Offense number 60, it's a 10-yard penalty from the previous spot. It's still third down. That is Mason McCormick, his 43rd consecutive start tonight. All of them at left guard, the 60-year senior and co-captain out of Sioux Falls. The Jacks go back 10 yards. The ball was inside the 30. They currently have it marked right at the 40. Now they're getting it corrected to be just inside of the 40. So second down and close to 12. It's a long 11. Gronowski in the shotgun. Amar Johnson to his right. Four receivers in the set. Two left and two right. One of the two to the right is Hines. The tight end motions now as a tight end to the right. Shotgun, waist high snap. Gronowski throws left. Jackson Yonke makes the catch. Evades a tackler along the left sideline. First down inside the 20 near the 18-yard line. Jackson Yonke for a gain of 22 and a first Dakota first down. As soon as he made that catch, he made a shiver out and then switched right back in in that First big step and had separation for running. Visit your local Case IH dealer or log on to caseih.com to slash jackrabbits. This SDSU's first trip inside the Case IH red zone a year ago. They converted on 59 of 61 trips inside the opponent's 20. Gronowski has Isaiah Davis behind him in a pistol set. Now they realign. Davis ready to take the snap, but early movement. John O'Brien, the right tackle, appeared to come out of his stance before the ball was snapped by Gus Miller. Our referee is Aaron Adams. Ball start. Offense number 78, five-yard penalty. Still first down. 
If you're just joining us, the Jacks took the opening kickoff, marched right down the field. Mark Gronowski, a 31-yard touchdown pass to Griffin Wilde, the true freshman. Then SDSU on defense, Dyshawn Gales tipped a pass. Colby Herter intercepted it and returned it 53 yards for a touchdown. Western Oregon had to punt, and now the Jackrabbits on the move. Four minutes remaining in the first quarter, leading 14-0 after the false start. It's a first and 15. Davis aligns as a wide out to the right. Johnson the back, three-step drop, throw near side, incomplete for Davis, and a dangerous toss. Louis Vecino was breaking down on Davis, had a chance to really clock him, but the ball was out of reach. And Grudowski came over and immediately tapped Davis, his fellow co-captain, on the hand as if to say, yeah, that probably wasn't a good throw for me to make. It's second and 15. Yeah, Vecino had a good read and a great break on that. He arrived there at exactly the same time the ball was being delivered, and Put a hit onto Isaiah from that backside, but as you said, another half a step or a full step, and that could have been going the other way. Well, Al, that is a disappointing incompletion because it means Gronowski will not have a perfect 2023 campaign. He started the year six for six. Davis behind him, two tights right, two wides right. Handoff Davis running left, throws a stiff arm, and he breaks through that tackle, and he's pushed out of bounds close to the 20-yard line. Then there was a bump at the very end of the play, and Davis actually knocked over a couple of these soft, triangled advertising signs just outside of the dotted line on the far side. Davis ends up only gaining a couple. And the folks watching the replay thought there should have been a little more to that, but Davis does have quite the acting ability. We've seen that in commercials throughout the summer, and he may have added to it there. And through all of that, he never dropped the football. Three wides right. Hines aligned wide left. Davis to Gronowski's left on third and 13 from the 22 over the middle. Wide open is Griffin Wildey inside the 10, breaking multiple tackles as he dives to the Western Oregon four. 18 yards, a first Dakota first down, and Griffin Wildey making quite the impression in his first collegiate game, the Sioux Falls Jefferson High School graduate. Well, he really is, and part of that is you can see Western Oregon is keying on Yonke on the outside. They're keying on Zach Hines and Mike Morgan at those tight end positions. Wildey was the unknown receiver, the true freshman coming in from Sioux Falls Jefferson High School, and he's showing why he is not going to redshirt this year. Seventh play of the drive. First and goal, left hash at the four of the Wolves. Jacks are in the case IH red zone. Wide receiver Graham Goring motions right to left. Handoff Davis up the middle, breaking out around the right side. Follows Mason McCormick's block to the goal line. Diving through a tackle into the end zone. Touch down, Jackrabbits. Dr. Kevin Kessler and the pride of the Dakota's marching band. The extra point try, the snap by Caden Olivia. John Bell with the hole. Hunter Dussman, the kick. And all parts of the operation are successful, and the PAT is good. Isaiah Davis, a four-yard touchdown run. That is career score number 33 on the ground. He breaks a tie with Dan Sonic, all alone in sixth place in school history in career rushing touchdowns. And it was powered by Prostralo Auto Mall in Madison. Score your next vehicle at ProstraloAutomall.com.
The Northway and Ford dealers drive summary, seven plays, 52 yards in four minutes and 23 seconds. Go further with the fuel-efficient full lineup of Ford cars, trucks, and SUVs. See for yourself at buyfordnow.com or your local Northland Ford dealer, and it all started on Tucker Large's 25-yard entertaining punt return that led to that Jackrabbit score, and they now lead 21-0 with 2.17 to play in the opening period. This kickoff by Hunter Dustman to be presented by Poet. Isn't it about time we got back in rhythm with nature? Poet is a proud leader in the sustainable bioproducts industry. Dustman will kick it from left to right. Edie along with Loggins, the two deep men for Western Oregon. Dustman's kick along the right side has juggled and caught by Edie across the 15 and he got tripped up by Caleb Francel as soon as he secured the football at the 22 yard line just a nine yard return Scotty you are the special teams guru Pat Cashmore was hired as the first full-time special teams coach in South Dakota State history how important is that well absolutely I mean it's it's one of those where well we'll put you on special teams it's almost sometimes thought as an afterthought, but as Jimmy Rogers said, hey, that's an important part of the game. It's field position. It's getting down and setting a tempo on a score or after a score, so you can really flip a field and show emotion by special teams play. So Western Oregon operating from its own 22, first and 10. Snap back to Winker, handoff running left, and it is Dominique Loggins, the running back, for a gain of about three. Nearly had his jersey pulled off of him. About four Jackrabbits in there, including Williamson, the Priest, Caden Johnson. It'll be second down and seven. The team pursuit defensively has really stood out to me tonight, Al. Yeah, you heard Jimmy Rogers talking in the pregame with Scotty Quaz about the hockey shift change he's yes. going to run on that defensive line. And this is one of those shift changes here right now with a different set of four up front making the most of their first opportunities. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. For Western Oregon quarterback Cannon Winker, the fourth-year junior, six feet five, 190. Jacks four-down lineman cumble the blitz. Winker up the middle of the handoff, breaking one tackle. Dominique Loggins then diving into the waiting arms of the Jackrabbit safety Kale Reader at the 32. It's a gain of close to seven, and Loggins is still down on his back. Offensive injury. He right away grabbed this right leg and right calf. He might be having a cramp in that right leg. Well, Caleb Francel, you saw him kind of creeping up, showing that blitz from the left linebacker, left outside linebacker position. He shot right through that gap, but he missed the play because they ran it basically right at him, and that's what left that hole open and allowed him to get to the second level of the Jacks' defense. 1.15 to play in our first quarter as Loggins has his right arm on the back of the neck of one of the athletic trainers for Western Oregon. This Wolf team flew into Minneapolis commercially on Tuesday night and then bust here to Brookings. They have stayed in Brookings the last two nights, worked out here at the field yesterday morning, had a lovely dinner in Sioux Falls last night. Our on-the-scene reporter Chris McDaniel informed us of. They walked through in the parking lot of the Holiday Inn in Brookings earlier on today, and here they are taking all of this in. Largest crowd they played in front of in seven seasons. 
First and 10, Western Oregon from its own 32. Fake of the handoff, Winker slings it left side, breaking one tackle, London Smalley, but he couldn't turn up field. Again, that's Caleb Francel, the Grand Island, Nebraska native, who's playing for the first time in almost a full year, getting involved in the action. It's a loss of one. That was a really good open field tackle by Francel because that ball fake left him and the receiver one-on-one -on -one out in that left plant and he executed the basics of tackling extremely well to break down, keep that receiver pinned on the sidelines. Wasn't able to wrap up, but he got enough of him to knock him to the ground. Second down and 11 for the Wolves. Two wides right, two wides left. Gannon Winker with a running back, Austin Bacher, the senior to his right. Now he motions out to the right flat. Winker throws over the middle. A nice catch as Dyshawn Gales tosses Damon Hickok down between the hashes of the 36-yard line. It's a gain of five, and that'll bring us to the end of the first quarter. On the Dakota Bank scoreboard, it is top-ranked South Dakota State leading Western Oregon 21-0 in the Dairy Drive. And you're listening to Jackrabbit Football from Learfield. Welcome back to the start of the second quarter. It is all South Dakota State here at Dana J. Dykow Stadium for the 10th Mary Drive game. Peterson Farm Seeds does everything it takes to help farmers raise more bushels. They are that kind of seed company. So if you're that kind of farmer, give them a call or visit petersonfarmseeds.com. The official meeting headquarters of the Jackrabbit Sports <laughs> Network is Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. You can watch the Jackrabbits while dining in or enjoy great takeout options. Cubby's is your Jackrabbit game day headquarters in downtown Brookings. Not only that, Scotty, Jeremy Deutsch, last time we had a meeting there, was auditioning to be my replacement. Well, you know, seats are always available. <laughs> An announcement here just a moment ago. They have two new signs up throughout the stadium, one on the facing of this west tower we are in, and then one on the back side of the scoreboard above the south end zone, honoring the 2022 FCS National Champions. All this talk about this game, and there's obviously excitement to see the Jacks playing again, but Scotty, as we talked about in the pregame as well, this is also a chance to get everybody together and celebrate one more time what was accomplished a year ago. Absolutely. In, in that's always kind of been that are they going to be good this year and boy that must have been cool and so many people were in fresco and just the amount of jackrabbit gear and national championship gear you see people wearing and then when you can put that on a stadium that stays forever and i already had somebody ask me today well what happens if they win another one i said well buy some more numbers <laughs> well and al you work at the SDSU Foundation, you see it from another level how folks have responded beyond just athletics to what the football team accomplished. Oh, without a question. There has been so much pride from alumni that we visit with across the country. Doesn't matter where they were, and it was just amazing how many people came from all over the country to get to Frisco last January. So Western Oregon will operate from left to right as we open the second quarter. In that first quarter, the Wolves ran 13 plays for 41 yards. The Jacks ran 14 for 139. This is a third and six from their own 36. Winker, a deep drop, throws it down the center of the field, overthrew everyone except for Tucker Large, who picked it off, returns it left numbers 40. Midfield, angling right 45 to the 40, cuts back left 35, 30, following a convoy 20, left sideline 15, cuts right inside the 10. How is he still on his feet? Touchdown, Jackrabbits!
That is the first pick six in 10 minutes and 17 seconds in South Dakota State football lore. The second of the night. John Bell will place for Hunter Dustman, whose extra point is up, and it is good off the roof of what is now the Stiglmeyer Family Student Athlete Center. A 64-yard Tucker Large pick six. That Jackrabbit touchdown powered by Prostralo Auto Mall in Madison. Score your next vehicle at prostraloautomall.com. A new seed wants you to take advantage of this golden opportunity in the fields on your farm. Score big with canola and sunflower hybrids from new seed. And folks, if you're going to take away one thing from this game, remember the name. Tucker Large. 14-41 second quarter, South Dakota State 28, Western Oregon nothing. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. Welcome back, 14-41 to go here in quarter number two. The South Dakota State defense making its presence felt again. They get on the board for the second time today. The score, number one, South Dakota State 28, Western Oregon nothing. Some of us grew up playing with tractors. The lucky ones still do. Farmers and ranchers are providing safe, affordable food for our tables. The South Dakota Farm Bureau. Scotty made the remark after Tucker Large's 25-yard punt return in the first quarter that, uh, what exactly did you say, Scotty? <laughs> well, about 10 years ago on a playground in Sioux Falls somewhere during a recess, Tucker Large did that exact same thing. Ripped off a kid's football and dodged and weaved and ran up the field for a touchdown and then went inside for lunch. Hunter Dustman's sideways spiraling kickoff through the back of the end zone for a touchback. It's presented by Poet. Isn't it about time we got back in rhythm with nature? Poet is a proud leader in the sustainable bioproducts in, uh, industry. And Al Bahi, I guess it's fitting that it's a man named Tucker who's doing this. Brad Peterson pointed that out. It's like, you know, Tucker mania continues here at SDSU. All we do is change the last name. So I think the pressure is now going on the recruiting coordinator to go out and find kids named Tucker who can play the game this way. And you must live large. <laughs> it is deep or already. Craft, or crafty. There's the words. Never mind. Western Oregon first and 10 at its own 25-yard line. Traveling into the wind from left to right. Shotgun snap to Winker. Handoff up the middle. Quinton Hicks the first man there. As it's about a two-yard gain straight up the middle by running back Dominique Loggins, the fourth-year junior out of Tua Lutton, Oregon. Well, we expected Winker was going to take a deep shot at some point here in this first half. He really hadn't done one yet. Part of the reason for that is he's had pressure on him when he's stopped and dropped to try to look for something deeper. The defensive line for the Jacks has put pressure. That's actually what created the first interception by Colby Herter on the first pick six. He just hasn't had time, and that time he just threw a deep throw and, and large made a great play. I was going to say his two deepest throws have both resulted in touchdowns. The problem for Winker, they've been <laughs> jackrabbit touchdowns. Second down and eight, handoff to Loggins. And I tell you what, the pursuit off the left side by Isaiah Stalbert was sensational to break in and toss Loggins down at the 29-yard line. It's only a two-yard game, but I mean, Stalbert was a churning around the corner to make that stop and set up third and six. He executed exactly what defensive coordinator Jesse Bobbitt told us on, on Tuesday. I almost said Thursday, but it's not Saturday, <laughs> so we did it Tuesday. But they take away gaps, and they shoot the gaps, and that's what Stahlberg did. Nobody got a mitt on him, and he was able to corral that ball carrier from behind. 
13-22, second quarter. Jacks 28, Western Oregon nothing. Wolves a third and six from their own 29. They're one of three on third down so far. Winker a three-step drop out of the gun. Heaves it down the left sideline, incomplete. Dallas Beanham had very tight coverage on Kevon Eady, the third-year sophomore wideout. Pass incomplete onto the far sideline where Western Oregon is occupying, and the Wolves will punt for the second time tonight. Trying to Finding yards through the air is going to be a challenge for the Wolves tonight, and they just need to focus on who they are and try to better their game because this secondary for the Jackrabbits, a lot of experience. Stephen Orell has been in at quarter, Dyshawn Gales, Dallas Beanham, and then you've got Large and Reeder and Herder at safeties that have been excellent tonight. Well, Large gets a break. He will not return this punt as Charlie Shokin runs right. Then a high, wobbly, short kick. Diving is Dallas Beanham to come up with the football on a fair catch at his own 39-yard line. It's a 32-yard punt and no return. We have 13.02 remaining in our second quarter of the season opener for the top-ranked team of the FCS, the defending national champions. It's South Dakota State 28, Western Oregon nothing, and this is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. 13.02 to go here in quarter number two. South Dakota State all over Western Oregon, 28 to nothing. Hey, make sure to subscribe to the Jack Herbert Sports Network podcast to hear the latest in SDSU athletics, weekly interviews, game replays, coaches shows, and more. Search Jack Rabbits wherever you podcast and hit the subscribe button to unlock hours of weekly content. In Nutrient Ag Solutions, ask any top performer and they'll tell you that home field is definitely an advantage. Whether it's Dana J. Dykow Stadium or on your family farm field, local knowledge, local support matters. Nutrient Ag Solutions and the Jacks are leading the field this season and beyond. Lights are taking full effect here at Dana J. Dykow Stadium as the Jackrabbits open up from their own 39, first and 10. Three receivers right, one left. Gronowski a pump fake down the center of the field. Jackson Yonke makes the catch into Western Oregon territory at the 45-yard line. It's a 16-yard gain and a first Dakota National Bank first down. You know, we take it for granted, the offensive line and the protection they provide for Gronowski back there. He stood back in that pocket and waited patiently for Yankee to make his break into the middle of the field, had time to set his feet, find that receiver, and put that ball on the money. Those five guys up front, like I said, we take them for granted how good they really are. Offensive coordinator Zach Lujan said those five guys being together all offseason, you could tell they made another jump, which is scary. Handoff of R. Johnson off the left Ooh. edge and just did get ankle tackled at the 39-yard line by a diving Darren Ulrich Jr., the safety. It's Johnson for six, but it could have been a lot more. We're inside the Hefty Seed broadcast booth, Hefty brand 40 series corn. The first corn seed designed for high performance and soil temps as low as 40 degrees. Al Bahi to my right, Brett Bowen behind me, Scotty Quaz down on the field, Brad Peterson handling our talent stats, Weston Van Eady running our parabolic microphone, I'm Tyler Merriam, Jerry Oster, we brought him back out of retirement, our network producer at our flagship 570 WNAX studios. Jackrabbits a second and four at the 39 of the Red Wolves. One back, it's Johnson, a hand to him, and he'll follow the block of Graham Goring straight up the middle, inside the 30, inside the 20, dragging a tackler near the 10-yard line of the Wolves. How about Goring, the wide receiver in motion, supplying the lead block for a 29-yard Amar Johnson run? That was a great isolation playoff to that right side, and as you said, Goring down there had one guy to block, got his hands on, great body position to push him to the outside, and one of the contrasting differences between Isaiah Davis and Amar Johnson and to me, Tyler, is how quick 
Johnson hits that hole. We become accustomed to Davis being very patient and waiting for the hole and then picking it. Johnson just hits it hard and is at full speed very quickly. Yeah, Davis seems to gain speed as he goes along. Yep. They are both yep. on the field on first and goal just inside the 10. It's Johnson up the middle, now trying to run around the left edge and use his speed to hit the corner, and he couldn't quite do it. It's Louis Vecino who runs him down near the seven yard line after a couple of yards. Jacks are back in the Case IH red zone. Reminder to visit your local Case IH dealer or log on to caseih.com slash jackrabbits. Jaden Yonke not available tonight. Tweaked his knee a couple of weeks ago in practice. Although the Jacks are optimistic he'll play next week. He is in sweatpants with his jersey on on the near sideline. No Marcus Preston tonight either who's anticipated to play a heavy role in the receiving core for SDSU. Jack second and goal near the six. Snap back Ranowski, play fake, rolling right, looking, looking. Gets away from one man. He'll run along the right numbers inside the five, and he'll hurdle a defender. Helicopter into the end zone. Air Gronowski, touch down, Jackrabbits. The 20th career rushing touchdown by Mark Gronowski. And he's never gone as high as he did right there. A defensive lineman moved early for Western Oregon and touched a Jackrabbit, so we have a flag while that gets sorted out. That Jackrabbit touchdown by Gronowski, a six-yarder powered by Prostralo Auto Mall in Madison. Score your next vehicle at prostraloautomall.com. Four officials huddling at the 10-yard line. Referee Aaron Adams, please fill us in. It's going to be offside. Offside. Defense, number 47. That plays half the distance from the previous spot. Replay the try. And the Jackrabbits, five plays, 61 yards in two minutes and 49 seconds. The Northland Ford Dealers Drive summary. Go further with the fuel-efficient full lineup of Ford cars, trucks, and SUVs. You can see for yourself at buyfordnow.com or your local Northland Ford dealer. The Texas State transfer, Caden Olivia out of the San Antonio area, the long snapper. John Bell, the backup quarterback out of Naperville, Illinois, the holder. Hunter Dustman for the PAT, and he has still not missed one in his Jackrabbit career. He is five for five tonight, and for his career, 64 out of 64. 10-13 to play in the second quarter. South Dakota State 35 and Western Oregon nothing. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. Welcome back, 10-13 to go here in the second quarter. South Dakota State adds on to the lead with a Mark Gronowski six-yard touchdown run. The score, top-ranked South Dakota State 35, Western Oregon nothing. Valley Queen Cheese has a long tradition of teaming with SDSU through its financial support of the Dairy Science Program. Valley Queen's 340 employees salute the folks that continue to make the dairy industry an important part of South Dakota's future. First Interstate Bank offers a comprehensive suite of personal and business products to take care of your diverse financial needs. First Interstate Bank, built for you. Scotty Quaz on the field. Al Bahi, Brent Bowen in the Hefty Seed Broadcast booth. I'm Tyler Merriam. Hunter Dustman about to perform this kickoff, presented by Poet. Is it about time we got back in rhythm with nature? Poet, a proud leader in the sustainable bioproducts industry. Jackson, the white helmets, blue tops, white pants, Western Oregon, and all whites tonight. 
in the Dairy Drive. These two teams played as North Central Conference members in 03 and 04. In only two previous meetings, the Jacks won them both. Dustman, sideways kickoff, seven yards into the end zone. It's a touchback, and before Western Oregon retains possession, we pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves. This is South Dakota State football. This is WNAX Yankton. Visit NorthlandFord.com and your local Northland Ford dealer today. Al Bahi, Brad Peterson looked one up here for us. The two pick sixes, the Jackrabbits covered 118 yards on those two pick sixes. In case you're wondering, the Jacks gained 120 total yards at Iowa in last year's season opener. That is an impressive statistic, and I'm not surprised that Brad Peterson is the guy who came up with it. Nor am I. Three wides for Western Oregon on first and 10 from the 25, a handoff, and there are more than three Jackrabbits in the backfield to take down the running back from Western Oregon, Austin Bakker. That was a, a play that was broken up about every way possible. The Jackrabbit defense rising up yet again. Second tackle for loss for this SDSU defense that, again, a year ago, led the nation in rushing, allowing only 87 yards per game. It almost looked like a broken play of some sort because the offensive line seemed to have been going one way, and the running back was left all alone on an island with three jerseys coming at him. So after the loss of three, second and 13, officially Williamson and Hicks credited for the uh, tackle for loss. Loss. Play fake by Winker, throws left side, catch made. Kevon Eady hit in stride, then gets tossed down by Freeman. Got some help at the end from Williamson as well. The 29-yard line, gain of seven. Sets up a third down and six, 9.15 clock running in the second quarter. And South Dakota State, a 35-0 lead over the Wolves of Western Oregon. Hicks and Caden Johnson, the defensive ends, with DePriest and Van Morrow, the tackles. Freeman, Williamson. And Stallbird, the linebackers, the corners are Gales and Beanham. The safeties are Reeder and Matthew Durantz. Western Oregon, two wides right, one left. Tonight on third down, one out of four. Winker, a three-step, a long pass to the near side, jumping, making the catch in traffic between Gales and Reeder is Damon Hickok. The leading receiver a year ago with 44 grabs, his third of the night, but an impressive grab in traffic to go up and get it, and it's a gain of nine to move the chains. That was just a great throw by Winker. He put that up where only Hickok could go up and get it. The defense was there. The crashing corner was there and had him corralled, but he put that up where if Hickok doesn't catch it, it's in the Jackrabbit bench. So Western Oregon facing first and 10 at its own 38. Four down lineman, Blake Peterson, Cade Tervere, the ends. Handoff up the middle into the waiting arms of Ryan Van Morrow. The Sheldon, Iowa native, who Jesse Bobbitt, the new defensive coordinator, called our most reliable defensive lineman, makes the tackle for loss back at the 37. That's a loss of one. 11 rushes for 29 yards is all for Western Oregon tonight. What was impressive there is how quickly Van Morrow got rid of his offensive line blocker trying to occupy him. He just totally shed that blocker. Wolves said two receivers right. The deep back is Austin Bakker. Up man to the left, the tight end, Cade Hustler. 
New quarterback in the game, that's Jordan McCarty, who fakes a handoff, he'll run right, and he wishes he wasn't in the game after Matthew Durant's lit him up. The Florida native comes up from his safety position and lays a big hit on McCarty, a redshirt freshman out of Silverton, Oregon. It's a gain of one, it'll be third down and nine for the visiting Wolves from Western Oregon. Had a little RPO look there where he just yep. had uh, an opportunity to hand it off or to drag it, and uh, one play and out, and uh, they're doing some uh, self-coaching on the sideline with another quarterback as well. Now McCarty, technically the third-string quarterback. Kainoa Jones was the backup, was injured earlier in fall camp. He's their usual RPO guy from a year ago. A winker is back in the game, five inches taller, same weight. He'll take a helmet-high shotgun snap, feel the pressure, throw low and incomplete over the middle intended for Kevon Eady. Probably a good thing, too, because Caleb Francel, the Jackrabbit linebacker, was the closest man to it. And now Western Oregon will punt with 6.37 to play in our second quarter in South Dakota State, leading Western Oregon by a 35 to nothing margin. Defensive line was collapsing that pocket around Winker. And as you said, Francel was there on coverage. Savion Williamson from the middle linebacker position also in the area. Charlie Shulkin, two punts, a 36 and a half yard average so far today. Punting into the breeze, three steps, right footed boot, high and wobbly. And Dallas Bina made the catch in heavy traffic, decided to run up the middle anyway. Apparently, he's been taught well by the Yankees, and he reaches the 33 yard line. It's a 33 yard punt and a return of five. And with that, we step aside. 6.26 to play in our second quarter of the Dairy Drive. Top ranked South Dakota State, 35 and Western Oregon, nothing. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. 6.26 to go here in quarter number two from Dana J. Dyke House Stadium. The score, South Dakota State 35, Western Oregon nothing. The Jacks with the ball here on their own 33-yard line. Follow along with our broadcast at GoJacks.com, where you can get live stats, player bios, game no and game notes. All that and more is available at the official website of SDSU Athletics, which is GoJacks.com. Six twenty-six to play in our second quarter. South Dakota State 35, Western Oregon nothing. Scotty, everything okay down there? I'm just fine. You guys okay up there? Oh, we're, we're just fine. We were waiting for you to read number one, but we'll go ahead and do first and 10 jacks at their own uh, 33. Yeah. <laughs> Hand off up the middle. Amar Johnson for about a yard of the 34. Scotty, if you were to read number one on your read sheet, what would it sound like? Well, if it's in your big picture, First Bank and Trust can help you achieve it with personalized financial planning and trusted advice. Find out how First Bank and Trust makes planning for your future easier. BankEasy.com, and thank you very much. Hey, you're not getting this kind of uh, entertainment from Western Oregon Radio. I'm going to tell you that right now. You know, it's like it's the first game of the season on a Thursday night instead of a Saturday, man. Uh, Barnum and Balaam need to be called because the circus <laughs> is in town. Concentrating for 60 seconds at a time. Uh, <laughs> second down and nine. Jackrabbits will have Hines in motion left to right. And Amar Johnson also lines up as a wide out to the right. Angel Johnson and as a tailback. Gronowski drops to throw, feels the rush, runs up the middle 35, and he'll slide at the 40-yard line. Well, actually, say he started the slide at the 39. So it's a gain of about six. And you know Zach Lujan saying, Mark, just slide. Just slide. It'll be third down and close to three. Well, in our call on, on Tuesday, 
Lujan talked about how Gronowski has matured and the quicker decisions he's making, and it was no more evident than on that play. He had that drop. He got the snap. He made a quick read, a quick look, and immediately tucked that ball and took off. And then, as you said, smartly took that slide into second base. My favorite line Lujan had on Gronowski, he said he solves problems before they even <laughs> exist. Yep. Third down and a long three, pushing four. Gronowski to throw, airs it up to the right side. It's low, sliding to the turf. Jackson Yankee couldn't come up with it. It was a little behind him. Yankee tried to come to a stop, ended up sliding, reaching back, and couldn't come up with it. So Gronowski now eight of 10 on the night. And for the first time in the opening half, Hunter Dustman will come out to punt with a 35-0 Jackrabbit lead thanks to two pick sixes. 442 remains in the second quarter. So just to follow up on that, the last time the Jacks had two pick sixes was in a playoff game here in 2021 against UC Davis. Adam Bach had one for 39 yards. Dallas Beatham went 59 with the other one. Beatham had three that had, game. Yep, three, three, three picks. picks. And one of them a pick six. Dustman two steps at a high end over end boot with the win, pushing it back inside the 10. And then it took a great bounce backwards, and the Jacks will down it. Beatham got his fingertip on it, and then it is downed by Reeder. The ball hit at the 10, and it didn't go forward or backward. It just kind of came straight up, and then Beatham tipped it off to the side. So it's a 51 yard punt for Hunter Dustman, who averaged 42 and a half per clip a year ago. 4.31 remains in the second quarter. South Dakota State 35, Western Oregon nothing. And the Wolves will come from the far sideline. Don't forget a week from Saturday, the Jacks will host Montana State. How about this folks, SDSU will host a rematch of both the semifinals and the national championship game during the regular year this season with Montana State coming a week from Saturday and the North Dakota State will come to Brookings in November, the fourth to be exact. Wolves first and 10 from their own nine. McCarty, the backup quarterback, a fake of the handoff, jogging left side, then throws the ball up, and despite being interfered with by Dyshawn Gales, a heck of a grab by Damon Hickok. Out to the 35-yard line. That's a pickup of 26. Gales was mauling him, and it didn't matter. And I go back, Al Baki, to the comment that was made by Jesse Bobbitt when we said, when you watch this team, who stands out to you as a Division I guy? And immediately, he pointed out Damon Hickam. Yeah, no question. And we just saw his athleticism on that catch. As you said, Beanham had a hand in on his jersey, was grabbing him from the front. But also what was impressive was McCarty on the run and knowing where he was, not crossing the line of scrimmage before he delivered that pass because he was getting very, very close to that line of scrimmage, sold the play action well, and looked like he was going to run it and then pulled it up at the last second when he saw the one-on-one -on -one opportunity. Jesse Bobbitt told us that Dyshawn Gales hits like a linebacker. He was hitting him like that. Hickok <laughs> caught it anyhow. Wolves first and 10 from their own 36. Gannon Winker, the quarterback in the shotgun. Three receivers, two right, one left. Jacks, four down linemen. Winker, a low snap, comes up with it. The handoff running right, Dominique Loggins. And he ran right into Williamson and Fransel. Also coming up, Ryan Van Morrow, the fifth-year senior D-tackle. It's a gain of about three, second and seven. The Jacks are averaging seven yards per rush. The Wolves fewer than three yards per rush. 
but again, that's what you would expect. So that's what's impressive, and the Jacks haven't been too cute. They haven't messed around. They've done what they should in a scenario such as this. And defensively doing, uh, just flying to the ball. I mean, you throw those linebackers out there and you pick the name that you want to choose, and as soon as they see that ball coming, they are flying up to fill the gap, fill the hole, and make the stop. Second and seven from the Wolves' own 39. A handoff up the middle to Loggins, and he gets tossed down by Caden Johnson, the athletic fifth-year senior defensive end out of Wahoo, Nebraska, after a gain of a yard to the 40. It'll be third and six, and Jesse Bobbitt threw out words like angry, tenacious, intense when he described Caden Johnson on Tuesday. Talked about him being probably one of the nastiest guys, bringing some of the, I'm going to use the wrong word, anger, but that's really not what it is, but bringing that passion, the tenacity, as you mentioned, to the that fear. defensive line. Fure. Fure. Third and six Wolves from their own 40. Four wides in the set. Loggins the back to the right of Winker, who is 6 of 12 tonight. Pump fake, then he throws a wobbly ball because he was hit as he released it. Loggins caught it in the right flat, and Williamson tossed him down immediately. The seventh tackle of the night already for Savion Williamson, the sixth-year senior, whom they call game day Savion because he may save a little in practice, but he leaves it all on the field on game day. Well, he's doing that tonight. And he'll go back and look at the film from that 15-yarder he got for uh, unnecessary roughness in the first quarter. But you look at the replay because it, initially I thought he was there quite late. But on the replay, that ball carrier was trying to tightrope down the sideline. So Savion's going to refute that. Charlie Shulkin, three punts, 35-yard average. Jogs to the right, rugby-style wobbly punt. Dallas Beanham on the run, juggles and hangs on to it at his own 30. Made about a step and then got hit down. It's his not just 31. a punt return, it's an adventure. 31-yard punt, 159 remains in our second quarter of play. South Dakota State 35 and Western Oregon nothing. Stay tuned for our Hogemeyer Hybrids halftime report. Brent Bowen will recap the first half and all the big plays. There's plenty of them if you're a fan of the Jacks, and of course you all are. First half stats, Jimmy Rogers will chat with Scotty as he exits the locker room as well. It's all coming up on our Hogemeyer Hybrids halftime report. From their own 31, a wide snap to Chase Mason, who was able to one-hand it, then throw into the right flat awkwardly, and it's incomplete, intended for Graham Goring. As, again, Chase Mason took that snap. Mason, the sophomore from Hurley, South Dakota, and he's been through a lot. Mason originally went to Nebraska to play baseball, spent the fall there, then transferred back to Brookings. He suffered two torn ACLs during his time as an athlete, one as a senior in high school, and then one here at South Dakota State. So until this past spring and then the fall, he'd only had a handful of football practices in the previous three years. And here he is, the number two quarterback. And the, the kid 25, is just, please, it'll start on my whistle. I was going to say, Chase Mason is an athlete. I mean, the yeah. kid is built solid. He is probably one of the most athletic players on this club. And for him to be sitting in that number two role behind Mark Gronowski tells you how good Mark is, number one. But it also speaks to the depth the Jackrabbits have at quarterback because behind Chase Mason, you also have John Bell, who's pretty good in his own right. Hand off to Amar Johnson for a nice run around the left edge, across the 40 to the 45 to the 46-yard line. 15 yards and a first Dakota first down. Amar Johnson, seven rushes for 70 yards tonight for the junior out of O'Fallon, Missouri. 
No huddle here. Mason to throw out of the gun. Bullet over the middle. Catch made. Zach Hines dragging a wolf for a first down to the 43 of Western Oregon. That's an 11-yard gain and another first Dakota National Bank first down. 1.30, clock running second quarter. Mason in the no huddle. Claps his hands. Let her high snap. Pump fake. Airs it up deep down the right side and just overthrown intended for Griffin Wildey. He made the absolute right read on that, though, because he had one-on-one -on -one coverage down that deep right sideline, put it out there for Griffin Wildey to go get it. Just a little too far out of his reach, but shows you the kind of faith that these quarterbacks and the coaching staff have in a true freshman in Griffin Wildey coming in out here. And again, you wonder why Mason is in, no doubt in large part, because here he has a chance to work with the number one offensive unit in a true two-minute scenario, not when the game's over in the fourth quarter, but in the first half. This is invaluable experience for the 6'4", 230-pound Chase Mason. Shotgun snap, hand to Amar Johnson, running left, and he'll get eaten up just shy of the line of scrimmage at the 43-yard line of the Jackrabbits. We'll take a timeout. Time South Dakota State was their first of the half. It's going to be 30 seconds in length. Again, the Jackrabbits back home a week from Saturday hosting Montana State. You can find some additional seats on the secondary market, but it will be packed to capacity a week from Saturday. And I tell you what, there are some seats that are available on the east side, but the student section tonight and then the west side. Scotty, this is a tremendous atmosphere. And he kind of wondered with a Thursday night. I know that there's a lot of activities and maybe hard for some to get away with school tomorrow. And that was probably the biggest thing that I had heard, but fantastic evening for football. And there's uh, that student section is shown out tonight. They're enjoying the Macarena. None of them were born when it came out, but that's good for them. <laughs> SDSU with a third and 10 out of the timeout. It still has two remaining. Three wides right, one left. Johnson vacates the backfield. Mason fakes the pass that way. Runs up the middle inside the 40. Breaks the tackle. Spins his way close to the sticks, and they will give him a first Dakota first down. Chase Mason runs for 11 on third and 10. Now remember, the clock is going to stop because it's the final two minutes to reset the chains. Otherwise, the clock does not stop anymore on first downs. Mason, a three-step, feeling pressure, rolling out to the right. He'll run. Right numbers 30, 25, 20, stumbling inside the 15, breaks the tackle inside the 10, and dives over the goal line. Touch down, Jackrabbits. Chase Mason dazzling everyone with a 33-yard scoring scamper of which he broke multiple tackles. And Mark Gronowski's been coming over to the near sideline the last two years and jumping up with Mason and going shoulder to shoulder. This is the first time it's been Mason who's been the initial leaper. He's usually been the receiver, not the giver. Uh, one of the first guys Chase Mason went back to congratulate and say thank you to was Griffin Wildey. He had run his route down that right side, and on the replay you just Jeez. saw up there, he was putting a block on a D-back out there, and that's what allowed Mason to make that last cut from about the 12-yard line and take that into the end zone untouched. Hunter Dustman's PAT hit the bottom of the facing of the Stigelmeyer Family Student Athlete Center and came straight down and almost got some of the folks standing out there on the deck, but 
Thankfully, it did not. The 33-yard Chase Mason touchdown run powered by Prostralo Auto Mall in Madison. Score your next vehicle at ProstraloAutomall.com. The Northland Ford Dealers Drive summary. It was seven plays, 69 yards over one minute and four seconds. Go further with the fuel-efficient full lineup of Ford cars, trucks, and SUVs. See for yourself at BuyFordNow.com or your local Northland Ford dealer. Hunter Dustman has been a busy man tonight. The East Bethel, Minnesota native about to kick things off. As the wind blows the ball off the tee, we'll tell you it's going to be presented by Poet. Isn't it about time we got back in rhythm with nature? Poet is a proud leader in the sustainable bioproducts industry. So Dustman will re-tee it up. Just inside of the left hash at the 35. It's 42-0 South Dakota State with 55 seconds remaining in quarter number two. Two pick sixes, Gronowski and Mason each with touchdown runs. Is this a sideways kick? The wind will push it seven yards into the end zone along the near side for a touchback with exactly 55 seconds left in the half. Again, Hogemeyer Hybrids halftime report. Brent Bowen with our first half scores. Take a look at what else is happening involving the Missouri Valley Football Conference tonight. Scotty will talk to the new head coach, Jimmy Rogers. 21st head football coach in Jackrabbit football history. The 2022 FCS Coordinator of the Year. Was a captain on the first FCS playoff team this school produced back in 2009. A graduate of Hamilton High School in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Chandler to be exact. Gannon Winker takes the shotgun snap, a handoff, and not a lot of room up the middle. For Bacher, the running back, Quinton Hicks, Savion Williamson, and Kate Tervier all there after a gain of maybe two to the 27. Under 40 seconds to play in our second quarter. Jackrabbits out gaining Western Oregon 275 to 90. Three receivers, two right, one left for the Wolves. And Winker waits on the shotgun snap from Zach Zumwalt, the center. Turns and hands it off. Up the middle, it's Austin Backer. Who spins through a tackle, gains a yard to his own 28. And the final 10 seconds will bleed off of this clock. So we have reached halftime on the Dakota Bank scoreboard. Number one, South Dakota State. That's the end of the first a half. A 14-game winning streak to end last season. And the Jacks picking up where they left off. They lead Western Oregon 42 0 at the break. Halftime show brought to you by Hogemeyer Hybrids is next. This is Jackrabbit Football from Learfield. <laughs> South Dakota State a 42 0 halftime lead over Western Oregon. And to get the thoughts of the first year head coach of the Yellow and Blue, Jimmy Rogers, he's standing by with Scotty Quaz. All right, coach, defensively, boy, get a couple of pick sixes, set the tone. Your defense really. Did a nice job in that first half controlling their Western Oregon offense. Yeah, I'm really happy for some of them guys because Tucker Large has worked extremely hard to be the player he is right now. And Colby Herter stepping up, being in the starting role, uh, means a lot to him. And so it was fun to see him get that first one. Offensively, too, been able to move the ball. You know, quarterbacks are running the ball in. You've got a deep throw over the thread over the middle then, too. Griffin will to get his feet wet. So a lot of a lot of young guys get some experience. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see Griff get in there. And I mean, first touchdown of the game. 
I don't know if he was expecting that, but we believe in him, and uh, I'm happy for Chase Mason and, and the return that he's made. I wish Mark wouldn't dive like that in the end zone. We need him for a full season, but yeah, it's been fun to watch. We called it Air Gronowski, and we told him, don't do that again. So good luck second half, Jimmy. All right, thank you, Scotty. The new head coach of South Dakota State, Jimmy Rogers, getting broken here in all sorts of scenarios. And, and, and Al, I think it's so interesting how many people, I mean, it's in the hundreds who have come up to me because a lot of these individuals, all they knew of Jimmy Rogers was the little glimpse they would see before a game, stalking, and that is the right term to use, <laughs> in pregame along the field. And folks would ask me, does he ever smile? Does he have any personality? And I've been lucky enough to know Jimmy Rogers since he was a student athlete in this program nearly two decades ago. And people are starting to see and they hear an example like that, the passion he has for his team and for this university. Well, that's exactly the point I was going to make, Tyler, is that he is just an intense individual when he's on the field. This game is something he absolutely loves and is passionate about, and he gives it his all every single time, every single play, every practice, every game. That's his personality. When he's away from here, he does tone down a little bit. I think he's got some he's got some fun. You know, he gets away and, and does a few things, but this guy, when he is on the sidelines and he puts that hat on and puts on the SDSU gear, he is all football. He certainly is. He is the definition of intense. Don't forget our next broadcast of Jackrabbit football coming up a week from Saturday. The Bobcats of Montana State coming back to Brookings. The Jacks, the big win over Montana State last year in the FCS semifinals. And Scotty still hasn't warmed up completely from that game after roaming the sidelines. I don't think Austin Singer has either. But Montana State will be here. Kickoff a week from Saturday in the Beef Bowl is set for 6 o'clock. Our coverage begins at 4 p.m. We also have tickets for that game uh, at Target Field against Drake on September the 16th at twins.com slash football. For all the home games, log on to jackrabbittickets.com, download the Jackrabbit app, and join us for all SDSU home athletic events. The soccer team off to a great start, of course, playing at Fishback Soccer Park, trying to deal with the construction on the south side of Brookings. And then the volleyball team patiently waiting for their opportunity to set foot in Frost Arena, which is under heavy construction. The top half of that building will look completely different this fall. And then once basketball season is done, it'll do an overhaul on the bottom half. And so this time next year, First Bank and Trust Arena will open. There is plenty of excitement, Al Bahi, for Jackrabbit Athletics all the way around. Absolutely. I mean, so many of these programs have elevated and the attention that has been focused on this university as a whole and all of the athletic programs in this last year, two years, and the, champ the national championship runs that this football team has made in particular, the WNIT championship of the women's basketball program. That just creates a lot of interest in athletes who want to come to programs like we have here. Four teams a year ago had undefeated regular seasons in conference play, and then men's cross country did not lose to a Summit League team in individual events they competed against. They don't technically have a Summit League season like a softball team does, but so that's five teams that never lost to a conference opponent during the regular year. That's pretty special. It absolutely is, and like I said, that's really what 
attracts these high school kids. They want to come into a very strong competitive program to see what they can do and help to keep those kinds of that kind of momentum and that kind of energy going. In the Hefty C broadcast booth, Hefty brand Freedom Series soybeans. Be free to set yield records on your farm with the protection and power of Extend Flex soybeans. Al Bahi, Brent Bowen, Scotty Quaz in the field. I'm Tyler Merriam. Hunter Dustman's kickoff from right to left goes over the head of the return man Jalen Fight into the end zone for a touchback. A year ago, Dustman, 31 of 85 kickoffs went for touchbacks. Scotty, I'll throw it down to you because you've been a part of this for so many years on the sidelines. The energy from the team, the energy from the stands. I mean, this has been a special night here at Dana J. Oh, absolutely. When you talk to the uh, old Coughlin alumni, it was so much closer, right? There was those sidelines. And when they put this in and there was all this room, you're like, boy, how's that going to feel? But Boy, when you pack them in here and they get that large crowd, we've seen those 8,000 number crowds feel like the big 18,000s. Gannon Winker, the quarterback, turns and hands to Dominique Loggins, and as he ran to the left side, he got tossed backwards by Graham Spalding. A loss of a yard. Spalding, the fifth-year senior out of Oviedo, Florida, and it is no surprise that he makes a play like that. After all, he competes in triathlons in his spare time. That's the fifth tackle for loss by this Jackrabbit defense. Second down and 11, opening drive of the third quarter. South Dakota State, a 42-0 lead on Western Oregon. Two receivers right, two more to the left. Winker looking over a four-man front. Takes the snap, play fake, throws left side. The catch is made. Kevon Eady spinning through a tackle. Blake Peterson, the defensive end, brings him down to the 33. Gain of nine. It'll be third down and two for Western Oregon. Saw a flash there out of Kayvon Edie and Edie and Hickok, two of the top receivers here. Coach Jesse Bobbitt said these are similar to the type of caliber yeah. receivers we'll see in some of the Valley Football Conference opponents this year. So it's a good experience for the secondary, the linebackers to face competition like that in this ballgame. That certainly caught my attention when Bobbitt told us that on Tuesday. Three wides, two right, one left. Loggins the back behind Winker and a pistol. Third and two, Western Oregon from its own 33. Low snap, Winker came up with it, handed it to Loggins, and there was no opportunity for that young man to get away from Bryce Hawthorne, the freshman out of Osseo, Minnesota, who is smart, super athletic. Jesse Bobbitt even said in some respects you can see some Cole Langer in Hawthorne, and he makes a huge play in the backfield, the sixth Jackrabbit tackle for loss on the night and that will set up a Western Oregon punt. Another Caleb Prancel took as hard a hit in the celebration <laughs> as Hawthorne threw tackling there. Well, one of the things he said about Hawthorne, Jesse Bobbitt said, is that he lets it all go when he's on the field. He didn't say whether it's our own guys or the opponent. Charlie Shulkin's punt lands at the SDSU 45, then trickles backwards inside the 40 of wow. Western Oregon, and an offensive lineman picked it up at the 39. That is a nine-yard net punt. Now, I could do a nine-yard net punt, but it wouldn't go further than now. You'd need the wind at your back. He was punting <laughs> into the wind. I give, I give you 15, Tyler. That's the confidence I like from you, my friend. 12:47, third quarter, South Dakota State 42, Western Oregon nothing. Back after this, you're listening to Jackrabbit football from Learfield. Welcome back, 12:47 to go here in the third quarter. It's South Dakota State 42 and Western Oregon nothing. The Jacks with the football on the Wolves 39 yard line. 
Isn't it about time we got back into rhythm with nature? Poet is working in sync with the earth to produce innovative and sustainable plant-based solutions that are changing the world. Visit Poet.com and you can get back in rhythm with nature with Poet. And you can make the outdoors your office by being an intern, seasonal, or volunteer with the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks. Visit gfp.sd.gov for more information on positions. 12.47 in the third, the Jackrabbits with the short field. And this is Chase Mason back at quarterback, Angel Johnson to his left. From the 39 of the Wolves, play fake. Mason looking deep. He'll throw it down the left seam, and he overthrew the intended wide receiver, Devin Cole, Jr. There is still a little bit of a southerly breeze, not as strong as it was at the beginning of the game, but it's furling the flag pretty good here, and that one might have sailed just a little bit for Chase. That's what I was going to say, Scotty. It kind of looked up here like it, it carried, tailed away, whatever you want to call it from him with that wind behind him. Definitely had, again, the right play call. The play action kind of froze the defense. Mason found him cutting and had one-on-one -on -one coverage on the post pattern. 10 on the play clock. Jacks break the huddle. Three receivers left. Cole and Goring along with Wildy. In the gun, Mason, a high snap, came up with it. Hands to Angel Johnson, weaving through traffic inside the 35, diving along the right side of the Western Oregon 32-yard line. That's a gain of seven. It'll set up a third down and three. Jack, some different offensive linemen in there. Ethan Vibert is handling the center duties. Quinton Christensen is in the game, along with Brady Beck, Jalen B. Lee, and then the other offensive linemen the Jacks are using tonight, Dawson Rudd. This is the second unit up front. You know, we've been talking about the depth at running back, and Isaiah Davis is just kind of the outcast of this group because his last name is not Johnson. You've got Amar, Angel, and Derek, the next three in the running back depth. Yeah, this running back group does shampoo its hair very well. <laughs> Angel Johnson up the middle to the 31 to the 30, and he stood up there on third and three. It's a gain of two. And let's see what the Jacks opt to do. 11.48, clock running third quarter. It's a 42-0 SDSU lead. And on fourth and one, they will send in an extra back in the form of Davin Stoffel, an additional tight end who will act as a fullback of sorts. The Jacks break the huddle. Fourth and one at the Western Oregon 30. Chase Mason, Angel Johnson behind him. Kevin Brenner up back to the left. Two tight ends and an up back left in Stoffel as well. Turns and hands to Angel Johnson, who got hit behind the line. So Western Oregon stops South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits get the short field. And the second team offense unable to convert against Western Oregon. And the Wolves turn the yellow and blue back. But again, that's valuable reps for that second string offensive line and some of those individuals who are out there. That's why you're doing this in a game like this. Yeah, without a doubt, because we talked before the game about the size and the strength and the way that Western Oregon plays. They've got a big defensive line, so it, it gives them a great opportunity to work against. We talked about three of those guys out there total 930 pounds of defensive linemen out there, and you've got to push them out of the way, and, and they're learning what it takes to do that. Gannon Winker, the Western Oregon quarterback, 8 of 14, 36 yards, twice intercepted in the first half. Jacks return both for scores. Backpedaling throws across the field incomplete. Damon Hickok from right to left and broken open beyond the first down marker. But the throw a little too far out in front. He got one hand on it, couldn't secure it. And it sets up a second down and 10. 
Winker kind of felt that pressure coming from his backside as he rolled away from it. Aaron Kuzler, outside linebacker position, getting some action tonight, was blitzing from that left side and almost got to Winker. Jackrabbits used 22 different starters on defense last year. And so you know how important it is to have depth. Western Oregon having trouble getting the play call in. We're under 10 to snap it, and they just break the huddle. With five, everyone goes sprinting to their spots. With two, with one, Winker just did get it off. Fakes a handoff, then slithers a pass to the left side. Catch is made by Kevon Eady, and a beautiful open field tackle by Matthew Durant, the safety, at the 40-yard line. Gain of nine, sets up third and one. Jacks a 42-0 lead over Western Oregon with 10.49 to play in quarter number three. We heard about Winker having a live arm in this last throw. Boy, that was a that was a bullet. He kind of comes from the side. He doesn't come from up over the top, and it's kind of a slingshot coming out of the side there, and that was a bullet over the middle. So third and one for the Wolves out of Monmouth, Oregon, Division II program, went six and five a year ago. Two of eight on third downs tonight. Third and a yard. Left hash at their own 40. Winker in the shotgun. Jacks a blitz. Unblocked man forced Winker to throw it early. The unblocked man was the aforementioned Aaron Kusler, and the pass was low behind the receiver and incomplete. So Kusler was the man that was unaccounted for. He capitalizes in forcing the hurry and the incomplete pass, and now Western Oregon to punt. Boy, Kuzler really shot. I mean, he timed that snap well. He was coming full speed across the line of scrimmage and put a hit on Winker. Winker sat there for a few seconds and I think was maybe pleading his case, trying to get a roughing the passer call, but was not to be. Devin Cole Jr. is the third different man who's been back to return punts for the Jacks. He's at his own 25. Charlie Shokin rugby style, high wobbly kick. It'll land at the 35 of the Jacks and squirt out of bounds along the near sideline near the 32. That's a 28-yard punt, more than three times better than his previous attempt. 10.05 in the third, South Dakota State 42, and the Wolves of Western Oregon nothing. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. Welcome back. Our score still 42 to nothing in favor of South Dakota State. 10.05 to go here in the third quarter from Dana J. Dykow Stadium. Need a new career to make you smile? Agripur is one of those one of the leading dairy manufacturers in North America, featuring locations in Lake Norton, Hull, Iowa, Lesur, Minnesota, and more. Go to agripur.com and see what full-time positions or seasonal opportunities await you. Everyday style is easy with favorite looks for family fun and saving a ton. Whether you're savoring summer or gearing up for fall, Kohl's has you covered. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. Tell you what, Kevin Kessler and the pride of the Dakota's marching band, are they in mid-season form or what? It's the new uniforms. It certainly is. Those are something else, too, because they are, you want to call them reversible, but they have three different looks to them. Not just two, but three. 32 of their own territory. The Jackrabbits, a first and 10. Two receivers right, an early movement. Both Jalen B. Lee and Ethan Vibert jump the gun. While we sort out the penalty, let's pause 10 seconds to allow stations to identify themselves. You're listening to South Dakota State Football. This is WNAX Yankton. Go to buyfordnow.com and see why Ford is America's best-selling brand. Tyler Miriam, Al Bahi, Brent Bowen in the Hefty Seed Broadcast booth on the field, Scotty Quaz, Hefty brand 40 series corn, the first corn seed designed for high performance and soil temps as low as 40 degrees. Jalen Lee officially credited with the penalty, so the Jacks are first and 15 at their own 27. 
Two receivers right. Clap of the hands by Mason a second time. He'll turn it hand to Angel Johnson. Running right. Cuts left across the 30 and gains back the five loss by penalty to the 32. We'll see if it continues, but Al, that was one area the Jacks struggled in a year ago. How often we'd see the second unit offensively struggle to get some momentum going. And again, early on, they're struggling to keep things in flow with a couple of penalties already. Yeah, just trying to get in rhythm, get some consistency, get their timing down, and it's a struggle. You get thrown in because you're, you're juiced up, right? You're coming into this game, first game of the season, and you want to go out and do the best job that you can, and sometimes you just get a little over-eager. Two receivers left, one of them, Kevin Brenner. Now a third goes in motion. Gormley, the tight end, they throw left side. Griffin Wildey makes the catch on the screen, avoided a tackler, got run into by his own man, turned back upfield and still lost a yard to his own 31. Third down and 11. Literally, the Jacks could not get out of their own way on that pass play. There is the slightest bit of a haze. You can see an auburn moon off in the distance to the east side of Dana J. Dykout Stadium as the Dairy Drive enters the midway point of the third quarter. Jacks a 42-0 lead on Western Oregon. Chase Mason operates out of the shotgun, the number two quarterback. Three receivers on third and 11. Mason a one-step. Left side, Devin Cole Jr. can fly 40. Left numbers 45, and he's brought down from behind after a first Dakota first down to the 47-yard line. It's a pickup of 15 yards for Devin Cole Jr. And again, when the ball gets in his hands, he can take off and fly. Fifth career reception for the Floridian. Well, a nice execution by Chase Mason to get that ball into his hands quickly. The other thing I was impressed with on that play, Quentin Christensen from his offensive line position got out there and was lead blocking ahead of Devin Cole. Wide right, Griffin Wildy. Wide left, Graham Goring. Double tights right, Angel Johnson the back. Mason fakes the handoff to him, first and 10 from his own 46. What a pass right side. Catch May Griffin Wildy at the 40. Eludes a tackler right sideline 30. He's inside the 25 to the 23 yard line of the Wolves. 31 yards and a first Dakota first down. And we are seeing the glimpses of why this offensive coaching unit is so happy with Griffin Wildy, a true freshman from Sioux Falls' Jefferson High School who had 1,800 receiving yards and 22 touchdowns in his career, twice all South Dakota. Yeah, he has been impressive in his first game here in the blue and yellow. And the other thing I was impressed with was the arm strength because Chase Mason didn't lob that ball up. He rifled that to Griffin Wildey down that right sideline. Well, again, Mason was a college baseball player for a year. And <laughs> oh, Griffin, that was a fastball. And Griffin Wildey was a member of the Little League World Series team out of Sioux Falls a few years ago. So from the 23 of Western Oregon, first and 10. Snap to Mason, and he gets lassoed down to the backfield. That was a broken play. Mason turned to hand the ball off to the left, and nobody was there. Then as he tried to run upfield, all 6-1-3-15 of Sam Stowers from Steelacum, Washington, brought him down to the backfield of the 26. It's a loss of nearly three. Yeah, Stowers is a third of that 930 pounds <laughs> on the defensive line for Western Oregon. He is a big fella. Reached in and grabbed Mason by the shoulder pads. I was trying to watch a replay to see if he did get in by the horse collar, but it looked like he stayed outside of that area 
and didn't draw the flag. 42-0, SDSU leads Western Oregon. 6:37, third quarter at Dana J. Dykow Stadium. Two receivers, Goring and Cole Jr., both left, double tight right. Mason a one step, fires a bullet left side. Cole Jr. inside the 20, and he drags the tackler to the 15-yard line. That was a physical finish to that catch and run by Devin Cole Jr. It's a gain of 11 to set up third and two, but I'm impressed with what Cole Jr.'s done here on this drive. He just showed a little shoulder shimmy and split those two defenders to turn into some positive yardage and actually thought that was a rather quick whistle. I didn't think he was down on the turf yet and inside the 15, and they marked it back to the 15-yard line. Jacks are in the Case IH red zone. Visit your local Case IH dealer or log on to caseih.com slash jackrabbits. Cole Jr. and Goring, two wides to the right, Wildy wide left, tight end left, Brenner, Angel Johnson on the left hip of the quarterback, Chase Mason. Third and two at the 15, letter high shotgun snap. He'll throw to the back right corner of the end zone, just out of the reach of the left arm of Graham Goring on the deep out. And Hunter Dustman will attempt his first field goal of the season after the Jackrabbits fail to convert on fourth and two. On third and two, beg your pardon. Hunter Dustman made 18 field goals a year ago, the third most in a year in program history. He is 19 for 26 in his career, but he made 13 of his last 14. He made some big ones. Caden Olivia, the transfer from Texas State, the long snapper, John Bell, the holder. Just inside of the left hash, 32-yard try. Not a great placement by Bell, but Dustman able to get it up anyhow, and it knuckleballs through the uprights and is good. And Dustman adds to the SDSU lead. South Dakota State now a 45 to nothing advantage. The Northland Ford dealers drive summary after the 32-yard Dustman field goal, eight plays, 53 yards, Four minutes and 39 seconds. Go further with the fuel efficient full lineup of Ford cars, trucks, and SUVs. See for yourself at buyfordnow.com or your local Northland Ford dealer. 45-0, South Dakota State the lead. 534 to play in quarter number three. Stick around. This is Jackrabbit Football for Learfield. 45-0, South Dakota State with 534 remaining here in the third quarter. South Dakota State getting ready to kick off to Western Oregon. Farming demands well-built equipment. Kubota equipment that's proven for over a century. Tractors rated number one in durability and owner experience. Hay tools backed by a two-year warranty. Sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed. And productive SSV skid steers. Visit your local South Dakota Kubota dealer for a demo today. And Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. A proud partner of Jackrabbit Athletics. Brent, you like that full moon, do you? In Nabberd with the hazy orange glow of the orb that hangs above us all. Hunter Dustman's kickoff is through the back of the end zone for a touchback. It was presented by Poet. Isn't it about time we got back in rhythm with nature? Poet, a proud leader in the sustainable bioproducts industry. Well, again, we got a whole host of folks here helping to bring you tonight's broadcast. Brent Bowen does such a great job for us, helping it out with our pre- and post-game coverage and all the little in-game nuggets. Brad Peterson, our statistician in the booth, who is invaluable, particularly to yours truly. Weston Van Eady's been helping provide us with some of the sound down on the field. You hear those claps and the grunts and 
all of that. And that's not just me after the tacos from earlier today. And that's not Weston making those noises either. Well, we don't think so. But two wides either side. This is McCarty, the backup quarterback. It's student body right. He'll cut left and be wrapped up by the Jackrabbits after a gain of two, maybe three. Blake Peterson, the defensive end. First man there for SDSU. Tyler, I'll throw out one of those nuggets from our statistician, Brad Peterson. So far tonight, SDSU's defense has forced six punts, and they have forced three three and outs before this possession. Two picks, which totaled 118 yards. That's more than Western Oregon's offense had in the entire first half. Both went for touchdowns, and they've allowed only 106 total yards, six tackles for loss, two picks and two pass breakups. Western Oregon has fewer than 15 yards in this half. Second down and eight. McCarty fakes the pass right, runs up the middle, had some room, and then Kusler closed the gap quickly, although he dove and may have gotten the first down of the 36-yard line. Eight yards at a first down. I'm telling you, Jordan McCarty had a lot of room initially, and then Adam Kusler came up and was able to prevent any further damage, but that could have been a big run if not for Aaron Kusler coming up. Well, and then Adam, the other twin brother, was in there also. We'll say we have seen the speed from the Kuslers tonight and what they can do, and they get there in a hurry. 4-17, third quarter. Jacks a 45-0 lead over Western Oregon. Wolves first and 10 from their own 36. Out of the gun, McCarty fakes the handoff. He will run to the left side, has some real estate to the 40, tried to leap over a defender, but could not get by Jalen B. Lee from the St. Louis exurb of Wintville, Missouri. Played only two games a year ago and redshirted. That's a fine tackle in space. However, McCarty does gain close to seven out to the 43 of Western zone territory. Boy, McCarty's looking a lot like some of the Valley quarterbacks we've seen, that shiftiness, that RPO read, run, option, kind of quick scat back style, style quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a tough tackle for any quarterback to make, and Jalen Lee came shooting up after defending the wide receiver from his cornerback position and then comes up and makes a great open field hit. Two wides right and one to the left. Snap back to McCarty, but whistles before that. And I believe Western Oregon took a timeout. Charge timeout. Western Oregon, it's their first of the half. It's going to be 30 seconds in length. And one of the offensive linemen for the Wolves apparently has a cramp as well. Not many teammates want to help him out, apparently. <laughs> Somebody, oh, the man of bone. Tommy McGetty from Scapoose, Oregon, 6'4", 370. Has turned over onto one knee and is drinking some water. Yeah, there is not a soul out there save for the one athletic trainer. He is a, a man on an island. Heck, he is his own island. Well, they watch him with the leg cramps. They're like, we all better go get our own water. That's the same <laughs> thing that's going to happen to us. That's probably why they came out here two days early to try to get accustomed to some of this heat that they're not used to. Well, certainly, you know, the level of competition has something to do with it, but Al, the Jacks are averaging nearly nine yards per play on first downs tonight. Wow. Their chunk plays, explosive plays, have just been awesome. First down plays for the Jacks, 20 times for 177 yards, as you just mentioned. Western Oregon on the flip side, first down plays, they've run 16 for 43 yards total. That's less than three yards per play average. Austin Bakker, a handoff up the middle, and he gains maybe a yard across the 44, and you might have even been able to hear Dayton McGoy screaming after he made the tackle. The senior out of Elwood, Kansas, getting some reps. Jesse Bobbitt really happy with his mentality and his toughness. 
As Western Oregon facing third and a little more than a yard. Wolves need their own 46, the nose of the football just shy of the 45-yard strike. James McCarty, Jordan McCarty, excuse me, the backup quarterback, follows a lead, running left, and will not make the yard to gain because of the pursuit of Bryce Hawthorne again. The freshman defensive tackle out of Osseo, Minnesota, has made a couple of nice plays tonight. And the Wolves with a fourth and one, 2-22, third quarter. Jacks a 45-0 lead. And Western Oregon will keep its offense on the field. In fact, coming on the field is Gannon Winker, the starting quarterback. Well, again, why not get yourself some reps? Wolves break the huddle. They have one receiver split left. Offset eye formation. Three tight ends in the game. Winker backpedaling, throws off his back foot to the left sideline, incomplete, but a flag. Coverage by Jalen B. Lee, the intended wideout was Damon Hickok, and if I didn't know any better, I think that was almost set up to get a flag. I think that's the way it looked, because Jalen B. Lee, I mean, he had his hands in on the grill and was pushing him out of bounds, basically chucked him from the line of scrimmage. Pass interference, defense number 31, ball be placed in spot of the foul, automatic first down. So Western Oregon is inside of Jackrabbit territory for the first time tonight with a 152 to play in the third quarter. It's South Dakota State 45, Western Oregon nothing. Mark Gronowski was 8 of 10 for 121 yards and a touchdown. He also had a 6-yard touchdown run. He started the night 6 of 6 for 87 yards. Amar Johnson covered 70 yards on 8 carries. Short nights for both of them. Griffin Wildey's first career catch went for a score. As Western Oregon's Winker on a play fake throws a bullet left side and Aaron Kusler along with Jalen B. Lee tag team on the stop of London Smalley, the junior wide out of the 45 of SDSU after a four yard game. Jacks had two pick sixes in the first half as well. A 31-yard touchdown pass from Gronowski to Griffin Wildey. A 54-yard Colby Herter pick six. Isaiah Davis, a four-yard touchdown run. Tucker Large, a 64-yard pick six. Gronowski, six-yard scoring run. Chase Mason, a 33-yard scoring run. And then Hunter Dustman, a 32-yard field goal. Those are the 45 Jackrabbit points. On second and six, a high-arcing ball from Winker down the near sideline, incomplete. Intended for Kevon Eady and Miles Taylor, a third-year sophomore, pre-medicine major out of Gilbert, Arizona, who played just a couple of games last year, did a fine job in man-on-man -man coverage to set up third and six. Yeah, in fact, Jesse Bobbitt on Tuesday told us he might be one of our best man-to-man -man cover guys, and he showed why right there, had great position. Just outstanding footwork from the start. Had good position on the inside of that receiver to get the breakup. 104, third quarter. Jacks 45, Wolves of Western Oregon, nothing. Western Oregon, a third and six from the Jackrabbit 45. Winker, a three-step drop, slings it left side. Loggins out of the backfield, makes the catch, and he runs through the tackle of Matthew Durant along the left sideline, picking up a first down to the Jackrabbit 35. Call it a 10-yard gain and a nice catch and run there by the back out of the backfield. Full moon out tonight. 
So the Jackrabbits playing a Thursday night game. A lot of folks wondered why. Well, a couple of reasons. Certainly the State Fair playing a role in it. Lots of folks like to spend their weekend there. And, of course, the students will mostly take off tomorrow for the extended holiday weekend. Handoff up the middle, and it's Dominique Loggins spinning through a tackle. Dayton McGoy brings him down to the 33 after a two-yard gain. So you keep the students around, you avoid the fair, and all the excitement. A little later game, and a ton of appreciation from the athletic department to Dr. Barry Dunn and all the folks across campus. That's the end of the third quarter. Because it took a lot of work for the logistics of this on a school night to be able to host a football game. We've come to the end of the third quarter on the Dakota Bank scoreboard. South Dakota State 45, Western Oregon nothing. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. Welcome back to Dana J. Dykow Stadium for the start of the fourth quarter. Our score, South Dakota State 45, Western Oregon nothing. The Wolves on their best drive of the day so far. Working for the future of agri agriculture and those who want to be a part of it. Farm Credit Services of America. Agriculture works here. And join us for join us at Cubby Sports Bar and Grill for the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show. Monday night, 6 p.m. right here on the Jackrabbit Sports Network. Cubby Sports Bar and Grill, of course, your Jackrabbit game day headquarters on Main Avenue in downtown Brookings. And Jimmy made his debut as the namesake of the show and did a well enough job that we decided we'd bring him back again on Monday. Well, he's got his own logo now, so... Now, Jimmy has a lot of personality. It'll be fun to catch up with him on uh, Monday night, every Monday night at 6. So we look forward to that throughout the course of the year. Through three quarters of play, South Dakota State, 341 yards. Western Oregon, 142. Jackrabbits only had 66 yards in that uh, third period. Western Oregon, 50. Jimmy got a burger named after him yet down there. What's the Jimmy burger? You know, we'll have to ask Gus Stolten-Deutsch. I do not believe that he does yet. Because I think there's the big mark at one of the places downtown. There, there, I, I think they should have named it the Big Gronowski. Well, you know, I, but I, you have to be of a certain age and vintage to get that, right? I believe Dustman has a chicken sandwich named after him. Yep. There's a few of them out there. But uh, I don't know if Stig has one either, does he? I mean, no offense to Jimmy, but if you're going to name one after a coach, don't you have to start with Stig? I would think so. I, this is not my line, but I'll use it. Stig does have a flavor of ice cream. So does Barry Dunn. You know, it's Barry Berry flavored for Barry Dunn. Yeah. Stig's is vanilla. I figured that was coming. <laughs> I can't take credit for that. <laughs> Second and eight as we start the fourth quarter. Winker, a letter eye shotgun stab, fake of a handoff, running left, gets a block, and then Kusler runs him down from behind at the 29-yard line. After a four-yard gain, it's Aaron Kusler on the tackle. Setting up third down and four. For those that weren't with us earlier, the Stiglmeyer Family Student Athlete Center is now the name of that building on the north end of the stadium, replacing the previously named Dana J. Dykow Student Athlete Center. On third and four, Winker was ready to snap and then stepped back. So he's looking to the far sideline. Will Western Oregon change this play on third and four? The Wolves are three out of 11 on third downs tonight. Trying to reset everything here. Five to snap it. Winker, fake of a handoff, fires a pass right side, incomplete. Jalen Lee, the coverage on Damon Hickok. Winker ended up on the ground, and we have a flag thrown by our white hat, the referee Aaron Adams. Personal foul 
roughing the passer, low hit on the quarterback. Defense number 57, to 15 yard penalty from the previous spot. Automatic first down. Levi Vandenboss out of Rock Valley, Iowa, and it was Correction, for half the distance. And it was for a low hit. That's one thing, and rightfully so, the officials and the rules committee being very particular about is not allowing those low hits, trying to protect defenseless players like quarterbacks who are making a throw. And it's kind of an unfortunate one on Vandenboss because in the replay, he was getting blocked and getting pushed and going down, coming from behind. Yes, that's your instinct is to reach out and get the quarterback. And that's kind of what he did is he reached out. He did hit him low on the replay, but at the same time, it wasn't intentional on his part. So first and 10 for just inside the 15 for the Wolves. Winker, the quarterback, will hand it off, and Bacher gets held up just beyond the line of scrimmage. Didn't get much. It was Vandenboss trying to make up for the flag who held him up after maybe a yard. Stick around on our post-game show. We'll talk to a couple of Jackrabbits, Tucker Large and Chase Mason. We'll also talk to the new head coach, Jimmy Rogers. Brent will have all the scores. Recap of the contest with our scoring summary. And boy, does Al have some awards to give <laughs> Second and a long nine. Three wide receivers for Gannon Winker, who rolls right, then lofts the ball to the far side, jumping and making the interception, but coming down out of bounds, Colton Tilford the freshman safety out of North Platte, Nebraska, who was running across the field to the far side. He jumped to come up with this football, caught it, and tried to get his left foot down in bounds. I don't know if we have a great angle of it or not. No, he's out of bounds. Landed the end zone right, camera. Landed right on the stripe on that sideline. And Tilford is somebody Jesse Bobbitt saying the praises of in our meeting on Tuesday. He said he's gonna be a really good player. He had 1,000 rushing yards and over 100 tackles last year at North Platte. So third down and close to 10 from the 15. Winker looking to throw a bullet to the right side. Dayton McGoy deflected it and diving Colton Tilford, and this time he does make the interception. He's in the end zone for a touchback. McGoy had his back to the football and was able to deflect it, and then Tilford dives, and the freshman from North Platte, Nebraska, comes up with the third interception of the night for the Jackrabbit defense. That's just outstanding heads-up play, and I'll tell you what, you talk about it, Tyler, the second and third string players that are in the game, they're hungry to make plays, and it's a great opportunity for these guys because they're still going against the number one offense for Western Oregon. Even though it's a D2, they've got some great talent, some great skill players, and that's just an outstanding play. The pass coverage was impeccable, and for Tilford to be there to get that deflection and interception is absolutely impressive. Replay has not officially cleared it. They're still going to talk about it. We'll take a break, but first, New Seed wants to remind you to take advantage of this golden opportunity in the fields on your farm. Score big with canola and sunflower hybrids from New Seed. 13-15, fourth quarter. It's SDSU 45, Western Oregon nothing in the Dairy Drive, and this is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. 13-15 to go here in the fourth quarter. It's 45-0 in favor of South Dakota State. The Jacks with the ball on their own 20. At Hogemeyer, local means something greater. Raise local, raise right here in Jackrabbit Nation. Learn more at therightseed.com. Well, we are so appreciative of 
folks who listen throughout the country, throughout the world. Got a call the other day from the former tennis coach at South Dakota State, Don Hansen. Tasmania down in Australia, listens all the time. He's in his 80s. You want to talk about a renaissance man, it's Don Hansen. He's listening in tonight. All you folks who, uh, who are with us, wherever you may be, on the Jackrabbit app, the Varsity Network app, we are so appreciative to have you along for the run. John Bell, the quarterback, as the Jacks begin from their own 20. Bell will hand the football off to Isaac Krotzel, who tries to turn the corner on the left side and couldn't do it. He gets brought down by Darren Ulrich Jr. after maybe a one-yard game. Bell, the third quarterback on this team, was both a quarterback and a wide receiver at Naperville North High School, same hometown, but different high school than the starter, Mark Gronowski. And Zach Luan says Mason may bring some other things to the table that won him the number two position, but Bell has a, probably a better understanding of the offense. Two receivers to the right. Angel Johnson is behind Bell, the quarterback. He'll take a letter eye shotgun snap, play fake, fire a bullet down the middle, high and incomplete. Dangerous throw for Kentrell Prejean, the freshman from Lafayette, Louisiana. Well, both, from, nine. both from Bell and from Chase Mason, we saw on their first couple of pass attempts, again, a little juiced up, maybe a little excited to be in the ball game and to make those first throws. That one had some juice on it, some mustard on it, and it was a little bit behind the intended receiver, but they'll settle in. You got to get those first couple of plays under your belt to settle things down. A lot of the crowd has filed out, but you can understand it's a 9.30 at night. Many have to work tomorrow, but if you're tuning into us as you drive home, we thank you. Third and nine, Bell throws left side incomplete. He was looking for Brody Gormley, the redshirt freshman tight end out of Topeka, Kansas. We do have a flag in the backfield. We'll have a roughing the passer here. Mr. Abraham got a little handsy. Personal foul, roughing the passer. Defense number 22, it's a low hit on the quarterback. It's a 15-yard penalty from the previous spot. Automatic first down. Fifth-year senior Isaiah Abraham. We've talked about it some throughout the course of the night, but again, the building to the north of the stadium, no longer the Dykow Student Athlete Center, now the Stigelmeyer Family Student Athlete Center. John and his wife, Lori, were out there before the game. It was a surprise to them. We think it was, because Jerry, John's brother, knew. Usually, if Jerry knows, everybody in the tri-state area is aware of something, but Jerry is the ultimate jackrabbit. And what an emotional moment it was for the Stigelmeyer family. John Bell takes the snap, hands off, running to the right side, Angel Johnson breaks the tackle out across the 40 to the 45-yard line. Angel Johnson. Angel Johnson for a nice run there of 11 yards, Albahi. As to say, 11 yards, that's right on par with what the Jackrabbits have done on first down tonight. 22 first down plays, they have now gained 189 yards on those 22 plays. You contrast that with Western Oregon, 19 first down plays for just 49 yards. The Jacks averaging about nine yards per play on first down. 11.50, clock running in the fourth, 45-0 SDSU. Want to talk more about Stig in just a moment here. Let's have this first down play. Bell, the QB. And before we do it, we have whistles, and the Jacks are going to take a timeout. Charge timeout. South Dakota State is the first of the half. 
This will be a full media timeout. We'll talk about Steg when we come back. 11.39, fourth quarter. South Dakota State 45, Western Oregon nothing in the dairy drive. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. Welcome back. 11.39 to go in the fourth quarter. South Dakota State on top, 45 to nothing over Western Oregon. Hey, the Jackrabbit app is your home for all things SDSU athletics. You can access your ticket account, earn rewards from local businesses, in-game updates, and live audio and video. Visit gojacks.com app and download the Jackrabbit app on your mobile device today. Scotty, we got fans of all kinds, don't we? We absolutely do, and some of them even celebrated a birthday yesterday, but it got celebrated today. Kyle Weber had his birthday yesterday, but they threw him a surprise birthday party out tailgating earlier today. The rumor we have is that he cried when the Jacks won in Frisco, but he didn't cry on a wedding day. So congratulations, happy birthday to Kyle, and many thanks to Amy for giving us a little heads up. Yeah, he's going to pay for that one for the rest of his life. <laughs> 11.39 to play. Jack's a 45-0 lead. First and 10 at their own 46. Bell turns and hands to Angel Johnson at a beautiful tackle in the backfield by Isaiah Abraham. Johnson fell forward to the 46 of his own for no gain. We have John Stiglmeyer on our extended pregame on the tailgate show. We'll have him on each and every week. And in talking with Stig leading into this one, he said, it's it's a weird deal emotionally because I'm just not used to this. You know, I've been on the sideline as an assistant or up in the booth or a head coach for every Jackrabbit football game since 1988. Like, this is weird for me. He's happy to be retired, but the last couple days he's been itching. You know, he's been ready to get back out there because that's all he knows. Snap back to Bell, play fake with time over the middle, low and incomplete. Intended for Gormley, and Bell took a lick as well from Malcolm Liu Fowl, the third-year sophomore and linebacker out of Honolulu, Hawaii. And there's so much more to Stig than football, yet by the same token, football was such a large part of his life for decades. Absolutely, yeah. Go ahead, Scotty. I just add on to that Stig story. If you follow him on Twitter at Holy Nutmeg, early this morning at sunrise, he's taking a picture of deer out his back door. And so I, he was on the sidelines walking up, hugging players here earlier today, just like it was Coach Stig. I said, how's it going? He goes, it's different. Today is different. So true Stig. I'll follow that up after this third and 10 play. Bell back to throw. He'll chuck it deep down the right sideline and just over the outstretched right arm of Griffin Wildey, but he was interfered with by Andrew Simpson. So flags come along the near sideline. You know, Wildey could have just as easily given up on that ball. Yeah. That was thrown all, all, you know, really out of reach. And he made an effort to go after that, and I think it was because of the effort he made that drew the interference calls. Aaron Adams conferring with the field judge before he makes his call. It'll be 15 yards on Western Oregon. Pass interference, defense number six, the 15-yard penalty from the previous spot, automatic first down. John Stiglmeyer is still working within the athletic department, helping out with things. Head coach emeritus is jokingly what we give him as a title, but he actually has a temporary office within our broadcast services office. So Stig and I have spent a lot of time together the last few months, much to his chagrin. First and 10 jacks at the Western Oregon 39. John Bell receives the shotgun snap, gives to Angel Johnson, spins through a tackle, backs his way for a gain of two to the 37. But Stig was in the office this morning, and, and I asked him, I said, how do you feel? And he chuckled, he put his head down, he said, I feel how God wants me to feel. 
Fantastic. Come on, you got to have more. That's all I got right now. I don't know how it's going to feel tonight, Tyler. I just I feel how God wants me to feel. And well, that is stick. Well, uh, then I'll throw in my stick story because he was at one of our foundation staff meetings a couple of weeks ago and had heard one of the speakers prior to that talk about the new uniforms that the Pride of the Dakotas band had gotten this year. Second down and seven for the Jacks. We'll get back to that after this play. Bell with Johnson to his left. Three wides left, one right. Three-step drop, throws it left side. Johnson in space to the 35, 34, dragging a tackler down close to the 30-yard line. Angel Johnson for six, sets up third and about a yard and a half, Al. And I think it was President Barry Dunn who had talked about the new uniforms for the Pride of the Dakotas and the, how long it had been since they'd had new uniforms. And Stig said, you got to be kidding me. We get new uniforms just about every year, and you guys haven't had new uniforms for 20 years? Bell, quick, Bell quick snapped, tried for a quarterback sneak up the middle, got hit back, but everybody essentially fell onto their front sides on the turf, and Bell slithered around the left side and picked up two yards and a first down. So a first Dakota first down. 9-10 to play in the fourth quarter. 45-0 SDSU leads Western Oregon. But Stig probably actually felt bad about that, well, knowing he, him. Yeah, that was the part of the story that was the best is because he loves the pride of the Dakotas. You know how much respect he has for Dr. Kevin Kessler and what he's done and the previous uh, directors of that band. And so he was just it was just totally surprising to him that the band would go that long without new uniform. So now the fact that they've got three different variations in one uniform probably works well for Stig. Bell drops back to throw and hurls it over the head of Kentrell Prejean down the right seam. We have a flag at the line of scrimmage. It's 45-0 SDSU leading Western Oregon, 8.43 fourth quarter. The Jackrabbits used Mark Gronowski for about 25 minutes in this game, Chase Mason Took the last series of the second quarter as the quarterback. Played most of the third. Then John Bell's been in here in the fourth. Aaron Adams conferring with the sideline of Western Oregon about the flag at the line of scrimmage. Well, we all have stick stories, and Jimmy Rogers has a ton of them. And this, I think, is kind of the last. Ineligible receiver downfield, offense number 86. It's a five-yard penalty for the previous spot. I feel like this is kind of the last night to honor Stig within this football program. There's still going to be more things, but this is the one last big night. Now, he'll be honored as a distinguished alumni next month. He told me, in all honesty, Tyler, that is the most honoring thing that's ever happened to me. All the other things to be honored as a distinguished alumni of my fine institution that I went to is something else. Angel Johnson around the left edge, drug one tackler for about a yard. That is all. Western Oregon stretched it out. It'll be second down and 14. So we honor Stig, and yet we also look forward to the Jimmy Rogers era here and all the excitement of this youthful coaching staff and this veteran group on the field. 8.16 and the clock in motion. And the students who are still here in the yellow and blue overalls enjoying every minute of it. Pride making plenty of noise as well. Three receivers, one left, two right. Second down at about 14. John Bell from the 32 of Western Oregon, a pump fake. Throws it to a wide open man down the right sideline. And Brody Gormley dropped it. Gormley, the redshirt freshman tight end out of Topeka, Kansas, wouldn't be more wide open in his dreams. And he just couldn't quite haul it in. Oh, you got to feel sick for that young man. 
Bell put it right on the money. What a fake by Bell is that first pump fake really got the defense to bite and that's what created Gormley being so wide open at the eight yard line and just handed it bobbled it got it up in the air and thought he was going to make the circus catch in the end zone but he couldn't catch up to it. He wouldn't be more wide open in his dreams and now he's got a nightmare to deal with tonight. Third and 13. Bell hands it off to Kratzel. The Crete, Nebraska native threw a hole with a nice surge down to the 21 yard line for a gain of 10. Fourth and three, and on comes Hunter Dustman. It'll be Dustman to try his second field goal of the night. He was good once earlier on the evening from 32 yards. Bell will hold. This will be just inside of the left hash. A 39-yard field goal try for Dustman, who has made 14 of his last 15. Caden Olivia, first year as a Jackrabbit, the sophomore to snap. Good snap. Bell's placement is good. Dustman's kick has the distance, and it is no good. So Dustman just misses it. And with 7.02 to play in quarter number four, it is South Dakota State 45 and Western Oregon nothing. We do have a flag at the line of scrimmage. I think that came as the kick was on the way. There was some extracurriculars at the line of scrimmage. The officiating crew sorting this out while they do. We'll take a break. 7.02 to play in the game. It's South Dakota State 45, Western Oregon nothing. This is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. 7.02 to go here in quarter number four. It is still 45-0 in favor of South Dakota State. This 10th dairy drive is brought to you by First Premier Bank and Premier Bank Card. For all of your financial needs, choose a company that's locally grown and nationally known. Premier investing in you. And Sanford Health, the exclusive sports medicine provider for the Jackrabbits. Dr. Kevin Kessler and the pride of the Dakotas. Soaking it all in. Jimmy Rogers, black hat, white shirt, gray pants, making notes on the near sideline. New head coach of the Jacks. Offensive coordinator, Zach Lujan in year number two. Jesse Bobbin in year one as the D coordinator. A lot of new coaches though. The offensive coaches, Robbie Rouse is new at running back. Jake Menage back at wide receiver. Chris Myers tight end, Ryan Olson O-line. Defensive staff coordinator Jesse Bobbitt, who was linebackers coach uh, a year ago. Jesse, I beg your pardon, Bobbitt worked with the defensive backs. He's moved up to linebackers coach this year along with being coordinator. Jalen Bibbs, defensive line. Mike Banks has come on as the cornerbacks coach. Pete Menage is back as the safeties coach. And as we talked about earlier, first special teams full-time coach in program history. That is Pat Cashmore. Western Oregon from its own 37, a first and 10. Gannon Winker, a jet sweep, and from left to right with Rube across the 40, running right side of the 45-yard line, an eight-yard gain for Brendan Hodge, the junior out of Los Angeles. We talk about the on-field coaches, but how many times a member of that Jackrabbit staff has said to us how valuable Matt Jacobs is, the strength and conditioning coach. He gets rave reviews for the impact he's had with this program as well. 6.48 clock churning in the fourth quarter. It's 45-0 South Dakota State leading Western Oregon. Jordan McCarty, the quarterback, takes the snap, running left, evades one man, trying to reach the line of scrimmage. 
And he gets chopped down after a couple of yards by Colton Tilford, the safety. It'll be second down and close to nine as he reached his own 47-yard line. The other nice thing about tonight, Charlie Miller, Allie Haw, the athletic trainers for South Dakota State, we haven't had to say their name. And while I love talking about Charlie Miller, <laughs> I told him, I said, Charlie, I love you. I don't want to say your name tonight. He just goes, good, don't say it. I, I think we uh, used up our quota and then some a year ago. <laughs> Again, 22 different starters on defense for a team that led the nation in rush defense, was number two in total defense, number three in scoring defense. McCarty throws left side to Kevon Eady, who works his way inside the 40 and gets spun down at the 39 of South Dakota State. Eady for 14 yards. And Bryce Hawthorne again busting into that backfield to challenge the pass. He's an impressive young man in the middle of that defensive line. So first and 10 from the 39 of South Dakota State. In the shotgun, McCarty takes the snap, fakes the handoff, he'll run right, juke back left, got by one defender and then got tripped up. Making the stop for SDSU, Noah Thompson, the redshirt freshman out of Brandon. You know, Tyler, it was Scotty that brought it up earlier, the opportunity that this gives the second and third string defense to play against a, a style of offense, a style of quarterbacks that they will see in the Missouri Valley Conference later because this quarterback, McCarty, runs kind of like the quarterback from Southern Illinois. He runs and throws the ball, not quite as well. I mean, it's a different level than what you see at the Valley, but it's a very similar offensive scheme. It's kind of scary. He's the third quarterback. Yeah. McCarty handed off left. What a stiff arm was thrown. And then spinning back the other way for Western Oregon is Jermaine Land, who turns the right edge inside the 20 to the 15 and to the 10, and he's finally down at the 9. Jermaine Land jumping up and down, and rightfully so. That's a 24-yard gain, the longest play as far as rushes go from scrimmage tonight, second longest overall for Western Oregon. Jermaine Land with an Isaiah Davis mock attempt of a stiff arm there. That was something else. That was an impressive run. So Western Oregon first and goal at the Jackrabbit 9. SDSU trying to shut out the opposition. It's 45-0, under four minutes to play. McCarty fakes a handoff. He will run left. He'll dart around the edge inside the five, angling for the pylon, diving, and he's in. Touchdown, Western Oregon. Jordan McCarty, a nine-yard run, and Western Oregon on the board with 3.47 to play. Well, there were some nice perimeter blocking by the wide receiver on that side of the field. Brandon Hedge, or Hodge I should say, was out there and occupied creating interference that allowed him to turn that corner and get to the pylon. Charlie Shulkin to attempt the extra point. The right-footed boot flutters its way through the uprights and is good. On the Northland Ford dealers drive summary, Western Oregon. A nine-yard Jordan McCarty touchdown run to cap a six-play, 79-yard drive in three minutes and 15 seconds. Go further with the fuel-efficient full lineup of Ford cars, trucks, and SUVs. See for yourself at buyfordnow.com or your local Northland Ford dealer. 347 remains. It's SDSU 45 and Western Oregon 7. And you're listening to Jackrabbit football from Learfield. 
347 to play. South Dakota State 45 and Western Oregon 7. And Scotty, one of the big things in any game, but particularly a game like this, you want to get out of it healthy. And there is some concern for one young man who's played tonight, and that's Isaac Kratzel. Yeah, Isaac Kratzel that uh, ran the last play on that last series that the Jackrabbits had. And as he came up and made the play, uh, defender kind of took him out like at the leg, and he kind of came up and hobbled and limped off and met with a lot of athletic trainers and uh, Dr. Chad Kurtenbach from Sanford. And, He's been pretty emotional, a lot of guys high-fiving him, and he's got an ice pack on the left knee, so I'm sure they'll, again, do all the tests, do all the checks, but at this point, uh, again, uh, enough of a severe uh, impact that's made it pretty emotional, and uh, you hate to see that in a game this late in the game like that, that too, for a pretty pretty stellar kid that uh, coach is pretty high on. Western Oregon kickoff will be returned from the five-yard line. 10, 15, 20 by Graham Goring. Left numbers 25 to the 30. Left sideline to the 35, and he is knocked out of bounds there after a 29-yard return. The other thing that stands out to me, sitting directly to his right, and he's been there the whole time to Kratzel's right, is Isaiah Davis. You talk about one of the captains and how you make an impact, and there's a guy like Davis supporting one of his teammates and being a leader, and you can say it all you want, but things like that really show you what leadership is all about. 338 remains in a 45-7 Jackrabbit lead. John Bell will have Kevin Brenner Fullback left and Angel Johnson, the Irene South Dakota native who played at Viberg Hurley in high school, behind him. Bell, letter high snap, hands to Angel Johnson up the middle of the 40, spins through a tackle 45, and he nearly broke that. Gets brought down near the 48-yard line by Xavier Owens, but a gain of 12 for Angel Johnson. Just one of those shifty runners in that backfield, just such a quick spin. and. He pulls up and checks things out on the ankle, but now heads back to the huddle. But yeah, that spin was really quick to come out of there, and he was probably maybe half a step away from breaking that to the house. 3.05 clock running in this fourth and final quarter of a 45-7 SDSU lead over the visiting Wolves of Western Oregon. Bell will turn and hand to Angel Johnson again. Darts left midfield and dives to the 45 of Western Oregon for eight more yards. Johnson, a tremendous all-around athlete. Official timeout for an offensive injury. You go back to his days at Viberg Hurley. He won four different events in the State B Track and Field Championships. He won the 100-meter dash. He won the 200-meter dash. He set a record in the long jump and then was also a member of the championship 4 by 100 relay team. We have an injured Jackrabbit laying on his back just shy of midfield. That's uh, Brady Gormley kind of got rolled up off the end of that play. Uh, it's kind of on the bottom of a pile there. Dr. Chad Kurtenbach from the Sanford Health Medical Team and the aforementioned Hallie Haw and Charlie Miller out there with Brody Gormley looking at his right knee with 2.45 remaining. And the Jackrabbits ahead 45-7. to seven. Once again, Jimmy Rogers radio show coming up on Monday night and then a week from Saturday. Montana State coming to town. It should be a tremendous atmosphere here at Dana J. Dykow Stadium. By the way, the announced attendance exceeded our expectations. We were hoping for 15,000. How about 16,258 tonight? 16,258. 
So a great turnout tonight at Dana J. Dykow Stadium. Many of you maybe snuck out to get to ready to go to work tomorrow. We understand, but we thank you for joining us wherever you may be. Tyler Miriam, Al Bahi, Brett Bowen in the Hefty C broadcast booth. Hefty brand 40 series corn. The first corn seed designed for high performance and soil temps as low as 40 degrees. Scotty Quaz on the near sideline. Gormley has been helped to his feet. Tugging at his thigh pads and now walking off without any help. Jimmy Rogers, a fist bump to Gormley. I mean, Gormley definitely is a little worse for wear, but the fact that he's walking by himself is a positive sign. And now we get back at it with 2.45 remaining. 45-7 jacks. Second and two at the Western Oregon 45. And Kirby Voorhees is in for the first time at running back. Voorhees takes the handoff, stretch play left side, and he works his way to the 44, needed two, got just a yard, did the freshman from Lutz, Florida. Then at the end of the play, the ball may have come out. Western Oregon is attempting to signal that it is its football. They are clearing things out now. At the bottom of the pile, the man who ends up with the football for South Dakota State is Jarrett Blumenrader, the senior out of Highmore. Well, you know, when you got a problem, a guy from Central South Dakota will take care of it. Jacks keep the possession. Apparently, it was a fumble. Blumenrader had the ball at the end, and it's third and one. 1.50, clock running, fourth quarter. Stick around for the first Dakota National Bank postgame show. Tucker Large, Chase Mason, Jimmy Rogers will all join us from the field. Brent will have a scoring summary, a score update, and of course, everybody's most anticipated segment, the Albert Achievement Awards. In this case, the Allen Achievement Awards. <laughs> Flags fly, whistles blow before the third and one snap by Bell. Appears we have procedure that was illegal in nature on the team draped in blue with white pants and white helmets. Aaron Adams will confirm our best guess. The man wearing the white hat, vertical black stripes on his white shirt and a black pair of pants with one white vertical stripe on either side. Ball start, offense number 54. It's a five yard penalty from the previous spot. Remains third down. Western Oregon is elected to allow the clock to stop. It'll start on the snap. 45-7 SDSU leads Western Oregon with a 1.29 to play. Three receivers split out right, one to the left. John Bell, the redshirt freshman from Naperville, Illinois, with Kirby Voorhees to his left. Voorhees motions out of the backfield. Bell fakes a pass right, runs up the middle 50, 45 through a tackle 40, and John Bell, a physical run to the 38-yard line. A gain of 11 and a first Dakota first down with a 120 in the clock in motion. Physical run by Bell, designed run for him as they go out of that shotgun formation and he faked the drop back and immediately busted it up the middle. And the Jacks will go into the victory formation. John Bell had his mouth guard in his right hand. Put it in between his teeth. He's letting that play clock dwindle to 10. The game clock is at 50, play clock at seven. Bell puts a knee to it. 
And we'll see if they delay spotting the football one more time. No, they didn't, so Bell will have to snap it one more time. 35 seconds and the clock turns. Final 30 seconds, one more knee will end this. Bell takes the snap, puts his right knee to the soy-based field turf, and there it is. The Jimmy Rogers era begins with a bang. Two pick sixes as South Dakota State defeats Western Oregon 45-7 in front of 16,258 in the Dairy Drive. We invite you to stay tuned for our first Dakota National Bank postgame show. Before we do anything else, we pause 10 seconds to allow stations to identify themselves. This is South Dakota State football. This is WNAX Yankton. Check out the impressive capability of the Ford F-150 at buyfordnow.com. We've got a lot to get to on the first Dakota National Bank postgame show. Brent Bowen, Al Bahi, Scotty Quaz, and myself, plus Tucker Large, Chase Mason, and head coach Jimmy Rogers. All coming up in just a moment. Jackrabbit's a winner, 45-7 over Western Oregon, and this is Jackrabbit football from Learfield. A dairy drive crowd of 16,258 turned out to honor the retired head football coach, John Stigelmeyer, to be surprised by finding out that the building to the north of the stadium would be renamed the Stigelmeyer Family Student Athlete Center. And in the process, they watched the SDSU football team put on a clinic in the opening half en route to a 45-7 season opening win over the Wolves of Western Oregon. This is the first Dakota National Bank postgame show. I'm Tyler Merriam. It's great to have you alongside. We've got a lot to get to. We'll take a look at the final numbers from this one in just a moment. But first things first, we're about to have a conversation with the new head coach of the Jackrabbits, who was victorious in his debut, Jimmy Rogers. And our conversation with the head coach is presented by Security Bank, the Farmers Bank. Well, Jimmy, first off, congratulations. Uh, how's it feel to have survived game one as a head coach? Yeah, it feels good. I think it was a good one to get under our belt. I'm, I'm happy for these guys that were able to get in the game. There was a ton of freshmen out there and a lot of guys that deserve these reps. So I'm excited for the group and I'm excited for this win. And we'll get back to work on Saturday and prepare for the next one. We'll talk about the team and the game in a moment, but I just want to start with the emotions before the game. To see Coach Stig out there, to see the building, which I know you had a hint of, but to see that building be renamed and to see what it meant to John and Lori and their family had to tug at the heartstrings. Yeah, he's been like a father to me. So to see his name on the building, uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, I'm glad to get this one for him. If I could, I would give him that as his 200th. Well, we can just give it to him. I mean, we can make up rules as yeah. we go here, Jimmy. So let's just call it 200. But uh, beyond that, just the atmosphere tonight, the crowd, the energy, particularly in that first quarter, uh, this felt like a big atmosphere. It was something else this evening. Yeah, it was awesome. And these guys feed off this energy, and we're going to need it next week. I can't thank them enough for coming out and staying as long as they did. Um, that was a good team, and uh, they're they're maybe much better than that score represents. So I'm happy for the win, and uh, I'm I'm ready for the next step that we need to take next week. 
We've talked a lot over the years. You want to force turnovers. You want to be able to make them count. You get two pick sixes in the first quarter. That's a testament not only to some athletes you have on defense, but making big plays and taking advantage of opportunities. Yeah, I'm so happy for those guys. They worked their butt off. Colby Herter has improved so much and deserved this start. And Tucker Large, is, I've said it multiple times, he may be the most underrated player on our defense. And, and I, would, I would take him... Um, pretty much over any safety right now in FCS football. He is a savvy player and, and the ability to make plays. You saw him catching the punt returns and moving him around in different roles. And so I'm happy for those guys. We started fast, which was exciting to see. We didn't, you know, play to the level of another team. And so I'm excited for that. And to see some of those young guys, particularly on offense early in the game, Goring comes up with a big catch early. Wildy makes the catch for a touchdown to get guys involved early outside of those name brand guys like the Davises and the Johnsons. We all know what they can do. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, how, how cool is that for Griffin Wildy? I mean, uh, <laughs> fresh out of high school, he's <laughs> doing the same thing he was doing in high school a year ago. So. He's deserving of those reps, and I'm so happy for all those guys that got the opportunity um, because you don't always get them, and those guys earn it, and they got an opportunity tonight and made most of it. I thought it was a great strategy, too. You gave Chase Mason a chance to work with the number ones as the number two quarterback in a true two-minute drill at the end of the half, and he leads you down the field to a touchdown. Yeah, he's done a great job, and he keeps getting better as a player. Um, you know, there's a couple things he needs to clean up, but other than that, he's done a really good job, and he's an unbelievable type of, you know, type of leader and, and a player, and so we're excited to have him. But I wish Mark didn't do the helicopter dive. I wish he <laughs> didn't do that. That would be the only takeaway from this game. He did slide a couple other times, though. Yeah, he did because we were screaming at him to go down. If he could, he'd probably dive. It was a sneaky good game for Savion Williamson. He has eight tackles, one and a half for a loss, starting in place of the injured Adam Bach. And for a guy who was hurt a lot early in his career, last year, late in the season, and now this year, to take advantage of these opportunities must be wonderful to see. Yeah, Save is resilient. He's had a lot of things go on in his life, and he's always been there and been consistent and always comes with great energy and, and uh, focus. And we're, we're excited for what he can do for us moving forward. Um, we don't know when we're getting Adam back, so we'll find out. What were you happiest with tonight? Yeah, the the starting fast. You know, that's a, you know, in years past, there's been times where we haven't started as fast, and I think as a whole unit, we did. Um, I don't know what the score was at the end of the first, but uh, I felt like we we were on the on the gas the whole time in that first half. 21 nothing. in case it does come up in a test later, Jimmy. I want to make sure to help you as a study guide here. Okay, so what were you most frustrated with? Yeah, I think we need to clean up the penalties. You know, I, I, I say this all the time, and I mean this. Whoever gets into the game is expected the same as if they took, a, you know, a ton of snaps throughout their entire career. It takes a certain level of focus, and we had too many penalties for sure, um, and ones that we can control. You know, the, the holdings on the perimeter and stuff like that, you don't always control that. Sometimes those are subjective, but jumping off sides is not. You need to know the snap count and get off the ball in the right time. I'm not trying to stir up emotions here, but it was your first game as the head coach of your alma mater, your dream job. Was it everything you thought it would be tonight? You know, it's, this whole experience is a little bit of an out-of-body experience for me. Um, it's just unique. I don't know how to really explain it. I'm blessed to be the head coach here because of who I get to coach with and the coaches I get to do it with. And, and that's what I'm excited about. Um, representing South Dakota State half my life, this means the world to me. And uh, we're going to push forward and be the best team that we can be moving forward. 
Last thing before I let you run, as great as this atmosphere was, as fun as it was tonight, in nine days there will not be an empty seat for a rematch of the last two semifinals when Montana State comes here. It's hard not to get excited. Yeah, we're super excited about it. We know who we're playing, and uh, they're going to come with the same chip on the shoulder that we played with last season. So uh, I can promise you this, we will not come out complacent or flat. Uh, we will play with great energy and, and, and uh do our best to finish this game. Jimmy, congratulations on the win and the debut, and we look forward to catching up with you a lot more down the road. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. That's Jimmy Rogers and the head coach's conversation brought to you by Security Bank, your trusted, dependable partner, putting farmers first in South Dakota, Minnesota, and the region. Again, the Jackrabbits a victor tonight, 45-7 over Western Oregon. And Tucker Large is throwing on the headset on the field. Tucker, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Well, Tucker, I cannot tell you how many of the individuals that you share that locker room with or are coaches of yours have told me and have told others the amount of work that you've put in in the past 12 months to put yourself in a position to succeed. Tell me about your offseason approach and what you did to get ready for this year. Uh, I really just took it day by day. Um, it was a lot. We had a good year coming off, and I knew I had a chance, to, a really good chance to have an opportunity to play. So I just knew I could put everything in, put all the work in, and do what I do. How much faster did you get? Uh, I definitely got a little faster. I don't know exactly, but I definitely did get a little faster. All right, let's first talk about the punt return because that was not an easy 25 yards that you accounted for on that particular play. Yeah, no, uh, it was my first time punt returning since high school. So I had a little bit of jitters, but it was it all worked out. So You got to tell me more about it than that. Come on, Tucker. <laughs> the, fir the first guy was just in my face. I had to make a miss. And then it was really supposed to go vertical. So I don't know if I'll get yelled at by that by my coach. But... Um, I was supposed to go vertical, went outside to this because I saw some green grass and then worked myself back in vertical and gained the 25 yards. Okay, so tell me about the pick six. The pick six, yeah. Um, kind of just lofted right to me, uh, but I had some great blocks down the sideline, which helped me get in the end zone. All right, so when you got to the end zone, what do you hear? What do you feel? <laughs> when I got to the end zone, I wasn't feeling or hearing much. I was just trying to catch my breath, to be completely honest, but... Yeah, it was, it was a great time with my teammates celebrating. What was the atmosphere like tonight? It was crazy. Uh, the crowd was, the student section was crazy. Um, the fans were crazy. I just love playing out here in front of all of the fans. How excited are you to have Montana State here in nine days? I'm, I'm very excited. It's going to be a good opportunity for us. They're a good team. We just got to play ready. Tucker, congratulations on the win, and uh, go celebrate. Thank you so much. All right, that's Tucker Large with us here on the first Dakota National Bank postgame show, the Sioux Falls native. And from not too far down the road as well, the pride of Hurley, Chase Mason is alongside with us now, the number two quarterback who saw a lot of time tonight. Chase, are you with me? Yep. <laughs> All right, first off, congratulations on the win. This is kind of a full circle deal, and I think a lot of people know your story, but just one more time for those who don't. You had an ACL tear your senior year of high school. You go to play baseball at Nebraska, decide to come back to SDSU. Then you have another ACL situation. And so you're battling through injuries. You spend really only a handful of practices in football over about a three-year stretch. To go through all of that, to have this moment today, what sort of perspective do you have on the opportunity you were presented this evening? You know, it really meant the world to me just to be out here. Um, I've always wanted to play at SCSU, and it's really a dream come true to be out here. And I had to take a couple deep breaths and just kind of take it all in. And 
uh, just go out there and be myself. Big picture, what has it been like working alongside and practicing with a guy like Mark Gronowski every day? Oh, Mark is fantastic. Uh, me and him have built a great relationship these last two years, and um, we definitely push each other, and I definitely look up to him and see his habits and try and try and replicate that as best I can. Talked about taking your breath. When you go out there with the number one unit late in the first half, packed atmosphere, what's going through your mind? Uh, you know, right away they told me that we were in two-minute situation, so I kind of got my mind right for that and what what I had to do for that. And then um, just kind of go out there and just do my thing and uh, end up scoring on, on the run. So I want to hear more about the 33-yard touchdown run. Uh, you know, it was, it was uh, I looked at goal ball and to the to the boundary and then uh, kind of got bumped into by O lineman, so I kind of scrambled out and just saw open open room. So I took off and did my thing. To have watched this program growing up, you wanted to be a Jackrabbit for it to finally happen and to get to play at a game, play as much as you did tonight. What does this mean? This just means everything to me. I mean, uh, these fans and this atmosphere here and the people really is tru truly what makes it special here and. Um, no one really un understands it until they're here and they see what's, what's all going on. How special was it to celebrate that win in the locker room with Jimmy Rogers, his first win as head coach tonight? That was awesome. I mean, he brought all the guys in who scored their first touchdowns that we were going to break down the huddle, and then we all kind of gave him a game ball and <laughs> congratulated him on his first win. So, Chase, how excited are you for next Saturday? Uh, I'm fired up. I mean, uh, tonight's done with, and celebrate it and enjoy it tonight. And, uh, we're on to Montana State next week, so they're a great team, and we just got to get in, get in the playbook and uh, prepare for them. Chase, congratulations on the win. Look forward to catching up real soon. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Chase Mason with us here on the First Dakota National Bank postgame show. South Dakota State, the defending FCS National Champions, opening its 2023 season with a 45-7 win over Western Oregon. Much more to come on the First Dakota National Bank postgame show, so don't you dare go anywhere. This is Jackrabbit Football from Learfield. Welcome back to the first Dakota National Bank postgame show from Dana J. Dykow Stadium in Brookings. If you were here tonight and on your way home, thanks for joining us as hopefully we can guide you safely back into your living room. Al Bahi's up here with yours truly, Tyler Merriam. You'll hear from Brent Bowen in a little while as well. Our final stats in this 45-7 season opening win for SDSU over Western Oregon presented by Hefty Brand 40 Series Corn. It's the first corn seed designed for high performance in soil temps as low as 40 degrees, with seed selected for the highest ratings in early vigor and cold germination, protected with the 37 components of hefty complete corn seed treatment and backed up with a free replant policy. You can plant hefty brand 40 series corn first and plant it with confidence. The final numbers from a team standpoint tonight, the Jacks ran three more plays and nearly had twice as many yards. 403 total yards for the Jacks, 209 for Western Oregon. The Wolves rushed for 102, passed for 107. The Jacks, meanwhile, ran for 209 and threw for 194. You heard head coach Jimmy Rogers shake his head at the penalties, nine of them for 81 yards against the Jacks. That's the most glaring negative. Western Oregon penalized only three times for 32 yards. Time of possession almost dead even. The Jacks were five of nine on third downs. Western Oregon three out of 12. 
The trips inside the Case IH Red Zone. Case IH knows a powerhouse team stays productive in the Red Zone with a can-do attitude. That's why their equipment is designed to meet every challenge in the field and win. Learn more at caseih.com slash jackrabbits. SDSU three of three in the Red Zone tonight, while Western Oregon was one for two. Some individual numbers for the Jacks. Amar Johnson, eight rushes for 70 yards. Isaiah Davis only had four attempts for 19 yards, but he did find the end zone. So Davis is now one yard behind Corey Koenig. Koenig with 2,990 career rushing yards, eighth in school history. Davis at 2,989 technically still in ninth place. However, Davis's touchdown, his 33rd career rushing score, he breaks a tie with Dan Sonic. He is now alone in sixth place in school history as the captain in career rushing scores. Quarterback Mark Gronowski, 8 of 10, 121 yards and a touchdown. He also ran for a six-yard score. Griffin Wildey, quite the debut for the true freshman from Jefferson High in Sioux Falls, caught four passes for 79 yards. Jackson Yonke caught three for 41. And Chase Mason tonight, three rushes, 40 yards, including a 33-yard scoring scamper, and he was five of nine through the air for 67 yards. Tucker Large, Colby Herter each had pick sixes tonight for the yellow and blue. Savion Williamson led the way with eight tackles. Western Oregon quarterback Gannon Winker was 12 of 23, good for 67 yards, but he was picked three times. Jordan McCarty, the backup quarterback, was the leading ground gainer for the visiting Wolves. He rushed eight times for 37 yards. We have a lot more to get to on the first Dakota National Bank postgame show. The Allen Achievement Awards. Mr. Bakke rejoins us to tell us all about that in just a moment. South Dakota State, a 45-7 season opening win over Western Oregon in the Dairy Drive. And our first Dakota National Bank postgame show continues right after this. You're listening to Jackrabbit Football from Learfield. The preseason number one in every FCS poll, the defending national champions, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, opening the 2023 campaign in front of 16,258 tonight. And the Jacks don't just win, they do it in dominant fashion, defeating their Division II foe tonight, the Wolves of Western Oregon, 45-7. I'm Tyler Merriam. Al Bahi has rejoined us. and A few pieces of hardware to hand out. So... Al, let us not keep the people waiting. Really? We want to do the first one now? Let's okay. get to it. The, off, right. the offensive play of the game, which is presented by DeKalb and Asgro brand seeds. Well, there were several options to choose from again, as usual tonight. And, of course, your call of Air Granowski helicoptering into the end zone, ranked right up there. Chase Mason with his TD scramble just before halftime was also a candidate. But, heck, you got to go with the true freshman his first target of his career, his first career catch, his first career touchdown on the opening drive of this season opener. The offensive play of the game was the touchdown pass from Mark Gronowski to Griffin Wildey. From the 31, first and 10, snap back Gronowski, play fake, wanting it all, down the center of the field, wide open man! Griffin Wildey makes the catch in the end zone! And First. in all honesty, the, the best part of that play was when Wildy came to the sidelines. Every single player met him at the sidelines to celebrate his first career catch, first career touchdown. That was pretty cool. Oh, great moment. I was just going to say, what a time to make your first career catch and make it count for six. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. 
Now, usually the offensive play of the game is our scoring play, but I have a hint. We might also have a scoring tally for our defensive play of the game, which is brought to you by Bud Light. Absolutely. Defense play of the game actually came down to a coin toss. You had to flip the coin to, you know, which pick six are we going to choose for the defensive play of the game? But uh, the first one initially, Colby Herter took that one, but it was the defensive line pressure that really created that opportunity. But the most impressive defensive play of the game to me was that interception by Tucker Large and then the sandlot run, 64 yards for the pick six, 19 seconds into the second quarter. This is a third and six from their own 36. Winker, a deep drop, throws it down the center of the field, over through everyone except for Tucker Large, who picked it off, returns it left numbers 40. Midfield, angling right 45 to the 40. Cuts back left 35, 30, following a convoy 20. Left sideline 15, cuts right inside the 10. How is he still on his feet? Touchdown, Jackrabbits! It don't get any bigger than that. How did he stay on his feet? I'm still waiting for an answer. I don't know. I don't have one for you. He's an athletic kid, and he increased his speed. I mean, he dropped he 36 numbers from his jersey, so that's got to be part of it, right? He went from 37 to 1. Maybe that's the <laughs> – here's to the beer you can always count <laughs> Thank on. You. Bud Light, a proud partner of Jackrabbit Athletics. Bud Light reminds you to enjoy responsibly. <laughs> There's a joke I was going to make, but um, our player of the game is presented by Kubota, who just, receives just this honor. Uh, player of the game, again, the true freshman, Griffin Wildy. Five targets on the night. Hauled in four catches, 79 yards, including that 31-yard touchdown. And on Chase Mason's scramble for the touchdown before halftime, he was throwing a nice downfield block that allowed Mason to get those final 12 yards into the end zone. Griffin Wildy is our player of the game. And it's brought to you by Kubota. Together, we do more. How about our breakthrough performance of the game, which is brought to you by Pioneer? All right, here we go. I started it last year, but we have co-players of the game, one on offense, you one on politician. defense. Andy Foberg will be in my office tomorrow to give me crap about this one, <laughs> but that's the way it goes, right? Defensive breakthrough player of the game. He came on strong towards the end of last year, but Savion Williamson, yeah. game day Savion, eight total tackles, three unassisted, and one-and-a-half tackles for loss is our defensive breakthrough player of the game. Offensively, the gentleman that you talked to a few minutes ago on the field, Chase Mason, comes in leads that late second quarter drive for the touchdown five of nine passing for 67 yards a quarterback rating of 118.1 had three rushes for 40 yards and the touchdown is our offensive breakthrough player of the game test after test and field after field pioneer is tougher on our corn hybrids than ever before pioneer corn hybrids are field proven and ready for years talk with your local pioneer sales representative to learn more when we return on the first Dakota National Bank postgame show, Brent Bowen rejoins us with a check of what else is going on in the FCS and the Missouri Valley Football Conference tonight and on Saturday in this season opening week for most teams in the FCS. And we'll wrap things up on this 45-7 lid-lifting victory for the good guys in yellow and blue as South Dakota State starts its season 1-0. and We'll wrap things up in just a moment. You're listening to Jackrabbit Football for Blearfield. Welcome back to the First Dakota National Bank postgame show. 45-7 is our final score from Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium. Elsewhere on the Dakota Bank scoreboard, South Dakota fell at Missouri tonight by a score of 35-10. Mizzou jumped out to a 14-0 lead at the end of the first quarter. The Yotes responded with a field goal in the second quarter, but Missouri scored two more touchdowns to make it a 28-3 
lead at halftime for the Tigers. Each team scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and that led us to our final score. Aiden Bauman completed 15 of 25 passes for 156 yards and one touchdown, but the Yotes just had troubles getting things going on the ground, just 38 rushing yards in 35 attempts. And their leading rusher, Travis Tice, had 17 carries for 26 yards. Elsewhere across the valley, Indiana State lost their season opener by a score of 27-0. A couple pick sixes in the final minute of the second quarter for Eastern Illinois allowed them to pull away in that one. And in the final Valley football game on this Thursday night, Youngstown State defeated Valparaiso by a final score of 52-10. It was a 17-10 Youngstown State lead at halftime. But the Penguins scored 35 points in the second half, 28 of them in the third quarter to pull away from Valparaiso there in that one. Some of their scores around the top 10 in the FCS. Uh, William and Mary, ranked fourth preseason in the stats poll, defeated Campbell 34-24. Furman defeated Tennessee Tech 45-10. Sac State, ranked 10th in the preseason, defeated Nichols 38-24. Ninth-ranked Sanford took down Shorter 69-14. And then the final score in the top 10 today, it was 8th-ranked Idaho and Jason Eck defeated Lamar 42-17. The scoreboard update has been presented by Dakota Bank. Here for you, Tyler Merriam. Take it away. Thank you very much, Brent. Of course, Montana State will be here a week from Saturday. Correct. And they open up the season with? Saturday. Against? Um... I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but one of thought you had it up there. <laughs> I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm just going to leave Brent hanging. They, they host Utah Tech. Utah Brent. Tech, that's right. Oh, my goodness, Bowen. All right, so the youngins got some room to improve. That's okay. It's week one. We all have some, right? <laughs> but, uh, Al, uh, you knew going in the Jacks would be a heavy favorite, but as Jimmy Rogers yeah. pointed out, the way that they handled themselves tonight – not messing around, getting off to a good start. Uh, that's exactly what you're supposed to do as a heavy favorite. Got a lot of guys in. Now, Kratzel appeared to go down with an injury. That certainly is of concern. But as a whole, had to be really happy without everything played out tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And you heard Jimmy talk about the penalty, so we're, we're not going to go there. But they wanted to come out and set the tone for the season tonight. And I think on both sides of the football, they did exactly that. Coach Jimmy Rogers talked about how pleased he was with that fast start as a unit, both offensively and defensively, both sides of the ball, foot on the gas. He used the words. He was talking about Savion, but you can really apply it to the entire team about the resiliency, the energy, and the focus they had tonight. And then looking ahead to Montana State, super excited. We're fired up. A couple of things that I really liked about what we saw tonight. On offense, first of all, Isaiah Davis gets into the end zone in the opening game of the season. Last year, he did not score his first touchdown until the fifth game of the season, October 1st, before he reached the end zone. We saw a couple of stiff arms from Isaiah tonight. He was protecting a bit of a shoulder injury last year and kind of held off that. So I think Isaiah Davis, we can easily say, is good to go for Montana State next week. Offensive line did not give up a sack tonight. That means they have only allowed 19 sacks total in the last 16 games. That's remarkable. Do the math. That's one every 20 and a half pass attempts. That's a pretty impressive stat for the big boys up front, the 605 Hogs. Defensively tonight, six tackles for loss, three interceptions, two pick sixes. The last time the Jackrabbits defensive unit had two pick sixes was in a playoff game here against UC Davis back in 2021. So, 
overall, I think they have set the tone for the way this season is going to be played. Well, Jimmy Rogers said it. It was a part of the uh, the pregame entrance video. It's been circulated throughout since he said it at his introductory press conference. We made a statement last year. The statement is now the standard. They certainly lived up to that standard tonight in a 45-7 season opening win uh, over Western Oregon. And all the emotions with John Stigelmeyer getting honored and his family. The Stigelmeyer Family Student Athlete Center is now the building that used to be the Dykow Student Athlete Center here on the north end of the stadium. What a cool moment that was for John and Lori Stigelmeyer to be honored tonight and, and uh, all the trimmings. It was a, a special day for all of us and there's been a lot of work that's gone into this. This past week has been nothing short of crazy. And so for it to come out as well as it did, big kudos to everybody in Jackrabbit Nation. 16,258 were here tonight. want to remind you that if you're looking for more college football action, the College Football Blitz. Every Saturday, it's the college football audio version of the NFL Red Zone channel available exclusively on the Varsity Network app. Just search College Football Blitz on the app. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our season opening broadcast of Jackrabbit football throughout the network. Our next broadcast, of course, the Jimmy Rogers radio show will air Monday night at 6 from Cubbies. And then we'll have the rematch of the last two FCS semifinals. South Dakota State hosts Montana State in the Beef Bowl. It'll be a packed house a week from Saturday, September the 9th. Kickoff just after 6 o'clock. Our radio coverage begins at 4 p.m. Central Time throughout the Jackrabbit Sports Network. My thanks to Jason Hove and our SDSU Athletics Communication team, as well as Clayton and all the folks at Western Oregon for all of their help in, pre in preparing for today's broadcast. We brought him out of retirement tonight. What a job he did. Jerry Oster, our network producer at our flagship 570 WNAX Studios. You are ridiculous, my friend. Absolutely ridiculous. Try to be nice. Try to be professional. Uh, the lead engineer for the Jackrabbit Sports Network. We've made a huge improvement in that regard. Jim Remler has taken over for Jerry Oster. Jim, thank you very much. General manager of Jackrabbit Sports Properties, Jonathan Schreiber. The senior manager of the Jackrabbit Sports Network is Ben Connolly. And the vice president of broadcast operations for Learfield is Tom Bowman. For more, log on to GoJacks.com or download the Jackrabbit app. Once again, your final 16,258 were on hand for the Dairy Drive to watch South Dakota State open the year with a 45-7 win over Western Oregon. For our parabolic mic operator, Weston Van Eady, who did a tremendous job in his rookie performance. Weston, thank you very much, my friend. Booth statistician, Brad Peterson. Game day host, Brent Bowen. Our game analyst, Scotty Quaz on the sideline. Al Bahi in the booth. And our entire Jackrabbit Sports Network family. I'm Tyler Merriam. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>